Today's episode is brought to you by our own bonus episode. Download Maddox vs. the Universe from iTunes, Amazon, or madcastmedia.com. You're listening to the Madcast Media Network. Madcastmedia.com Welcome to the best debate in the universe. Every debate in the universe from fake nerds to real nerds. <laughs> With over 1 million downloads, I'm your host Maddox. With me is Mikey, the audio engineer. Hey. And welcome back, as always, my bottom commanding moderator, Raka Raka Ali. What's up, man? We've got a big show this week, guys. We're going to talk about the debate with Valentine's Day coming up. It's very topical. A good debate to have any time of year, though, is whether or not hookup culture is ruining dating. We're going to talk about that today. But later in the show, we'll round it out with some headlines, as always. But first... Please welcome to the show our guest, Dreadmir. Dreadmir, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Dreadmir is a comedian who makes sketches online, mostly for Instagram now, but has amassed a huge following on Vine in the past. Rest in peace. Yeah, moment of silence. <laughs> Drew, uh, I don't know if you know this about me, but I used to shit on Vine stars a lot. In fact, I, I thought that Vine stars, uh, let me see if I recall correctly, I, I think I called them the worst people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, I've hung out with you a few times. I wouldn't categorize you as one of those people, but uh, tell me about the experience of Vine. What happened to Vine? Like, how do you feel now that Vine is demised, essentially? Uh, well, it's not surprising. Like, whenever I would tell people uh, that, you know, I make Vine videos, they would be like, oh, I don't have that app on my phone anymore. Like, I could see it coming for a while, you know, so I kind of had enough time to sort of think about the the repercussions of that and all that kind of stuff. Uh, now, I just kind of, it's, it's with anything else. You know, people are big on MySpace. They jump to YouTube or Facebook or whatever. Now, you kind of have to be able to do to adapt to that. Uh, just if you're in any kind of social media industry, you know what I mean? Yeah, I avoided MySpace. I, I avoided it like the... I, you, you just know, love to drag your feet. You know, the thing is, Rucka, I like to I like to hold my breath and hope whatever new social media trend just goes the fuck away so I don't have to sign up for it. Uh, and that what that happened with MySpace, and it also happened with... What was the other one? Um, there's Ello. Ella? Ello. Never heard of that. Never heard of that shit. That, that was supposed to be the big Facebook killer. No. I signed up for it. I was like, oh, fuck it. I'll, I'll give that a shot. Every one of these just come along. Oh, you got to sign up. This is a new thing. So MySpace came and went, and I didn't sign up for it. But people did on my behalf. There were all sorts of fake accounts pretending to be me on MySpace. And some of them amassed huge followings. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, just to think what you could have done with MySpace when it was wildly fucking popular. Yeah, jack shit. <laughs> Talk to a bunch of losers. You've got grandpa syndrome. I'm sure when Twitter came out, you you, you didn't want any part of that. Uh, I'm sure when YouTube came around, it, well, it took you forever to get on that shit. No, actually, I was an early adopter of YouTube. I signed up on YouTube in back in 2006, I you believe. You signed up. When was your first video? 2008, but that was because it was delayed due to a TV show I was working on. That, oh, uh, wow. we mentioned. Yeah, we mentioned last week I sold a TV show. And this is, a, this is some background information nobody really knows about. But I sold a TV show, and I, I mentioned in the pitch meeting that I was working on this YouTube series called The Best Show in the Universe. And everybody's eyes lit up in the room when I said that. And I could tell the executive, the, the main guy, the big the head honcho, he looked at me, and he's like, we love that name. Can we call our show that name? And so we went back and forth, and we decided the greatest show in the universe is what it was going to be called delayed the launch of my YouTube series because the name was tied up and nothing ever came of it. So that's why in 2006 I would have released my first few videos but uh, it, it took until So you couldn't upload anything for two years because you were that busy working on a TV show that never aired and then it took uh, apparently two years to upload with that internet connection because I didn't see anything till 2010. 
No, shithead. Did you miss the part where I said that the name was tied up? The name of my show, the channel? My show is the best That's show in the universe. That's stupid as shit. So you spent two years working on the title? No, it wasn't. Saying? Oh my god, hold Dread on. What? Why were you fucking even negotiating to give your brand away to some fucker in a, in, in a, in a studio somewhere? Oh yeah, well it was definitely a mistake at that time, but I thought if this if this was going to be the next big show... Then so I, I can't it. put shit on YouTube? Just just throw your whole fucking career away that you, oh, that you oh, had going for you? So fucking easy to have so this easy. conversation now with, yeah. with it hindsight. It is easy. It was easy head. back then. What I was, was fucking offered a major label deal in 2010 or 11, and... I said what I, I'm telling you now. You don't give your fucking brand away for a bad deal. Yeah, well, I didn't know it was a bad deal at the time, and it, I, I thought the show was going to be made, and if it was, you would see my fucking name on marquees everywhere with the best show in the universe, or the greatest show in the universe. You would have seen it on... What the fuck's a marquee? You would have seen it on a couple <laughs> billboards around town for about two weeks. Marquees. That's... that's, that's okay, all right. Say. So you you finally warmed up on social media. You're finally willing to warm up to a Vine star now that Vine is dead. Um, no. Okay, you're yeah. the one. You're behind the times. Let's talk back, to the guest and stop insulting uh, his 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 uh, my entire industry. <laughs> I will not stop thing. insulting. All okay, right. Dreadmere. Yeah. So what happened? What happened to Vine? Uh, I, it, I mean, I think Vine worked more as just a concept, right? Like, let's see if we can make really small uh, amounts of comedy, you know, consumable amounts of comedy to just work. You know, right. it did. Like, I think six seconds is a great idea for a sketch platform. Yeah. Um, but it's a proven it's a proven platform. It's a proven format because. It already exists, all right? It existed before Vine on a website called YTMND. You're, You're the, the man, man now, now dog. dog. Yeah. yeah. That and also five-second films. So when Vine came along, they took a proven formula and mm -hmm. then just popularized it in an app. Okay. Well, I th see, in my opinion, I think that's why it, it had such a short shelf life is because it is a separate app. It's just, you know, something else you have to download. It's not really something that you can interact with people with like you don't check your friends vine every day to see what they're doing you know what i mean it's more like for media like kind of how youtube is it's not for interacting with friends it's just more seeing these comedic sketches and entertainment and that kind of stuff and vine just didn't last it's well vine lasted what five six seven years of uh, popularity three, three years no man yeah. it was like 2011 when it blew up no no it's not that long yeah no vine came and went man blink no. of an eye so so but during that time, mm -hmm. people amassed entire empires. Like they, they created fortunes for themselves. A lot of these kids got really rich overnight, and that was my in my opinion what made them such awful people. Because I would go to VidCon and I'd meet some of these these guys, and they were just the biggest pricks. They were uh, drinking in hotel lobbies, getting really really drunk. Because I mean, imagine a 15, 16 year old kid getting really drunk, uh, their first time with alcohol, no discipline, going crazy, and there's all these. Uh, you know, 13, 14, 15-year-old girls around them, you know, their age. So they're trying to hook up with them, and it turns into just a shit show. Right, a you're total just, nightmare. You're describing every high school kid in the, in the country. <laughs> yeah, plus money, plus lots oh, of money. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, Drew, you you amassed quite a following yourself on, on Vine, right? Mm -hmm. So what happened What happened then? Uh, and tell me the lead-up to it, and was there, was there a moment where you realized, holy shit, I've got a huge following. Did it happen overnight or, or gradually? It was very gradual. Like I saw the, you know, first I would make upload a video and then I was really excited when I got like a thousand views in 30 minutes. I was like, wow, that's crazy to me. And then I would see it, you know, grow sort of exponentially from there. But um, it was a pretty organic growth. Uh, I think the reason I got into it was because I saw it very much like an Instagram or Twitter where you can at first it seemed like, yeah, this is something that we can kind of do with our friends and also has like that YouTube entertainment uh, factor to it. Um, but, you know, I, I couldn't foresee the idea that it was going to uh, demise so quickly it wasn't until towards like the last year 
it was you know i had a foot in the grave i was like oh, okay yeah yeah look at some other stuff one of the death rattles of vine this this actually happened right near the end i guess vine pulled aside i think the top vine creators right these vine stars and they said look guys here are the options all right the platform's not doing too hot right now we want you guys to create more content and make a real big push to get more users onto vine onto the platform and here's what we're willing to pay you and it came to something around I don't know, fifty to a hundred thousand dollars per person, something like that, right? And these Vine stars, got, they kind of formed a, a coalition. Uh, this is what I heard, and they said, "No, fuck you. We want a million apiece." And and then Vine was like, "We're not going to spend fifty million dollars on you shitheads." You know what? Fuck you. Vine's going away, and they did. They decided to end the business. They to end the entire platform rather than pay these <laughs> these Vine stars the million. Is that what happened? Do you know anything about that? No, I, I don't hear. I didn't hear anything about that. I would. That doesn't surprise me, and I would agree with that decision okay. if I was a part of that. But I did. I did hear at VidCon uh, last year that all the you know heads of Vine or the executives that were there representing Vine just kind of left mid, you know, uh, convention. They just kind of dipped out, and people were kind of surprised by it. I wasn't, but. Yeah, it was kind of a shit show near the end with with Vine, but uh, now you've moved on. And Mike, uh, we should mention too, Mikey, our own Mikey Bolts, our hey, audio engineer. What's going on? Big on social media, Mikey. Did you ever hop on Vine? I think I'm the person who downloaded and deleted that app the most in the universe. <laughs> Smart. I've never, because I, I would always be pumped about one mm-hmm. Vine idea, yeah. and then I'd post it and it didn't do shit, and then I would delete the app again until I had another idea that did the same fucking thing. Yeah. And then I hated it again. Yeah. So that was it was on me. I think that I never gave it a true chance, but I'm okay with it. You help you probably helped out the platform more than anyone else by downloading it <laughs> yeah. and deleting it so many yeah. times. It's like, oh, there's that Mikey blip. Yeah. <laughs> Kid from Sacramento, California keeps uh, downloading and deleting. What's yeah, up every with this month, guy? Three or four downloads just from Mikey. <laughs> what if they what if the Vine creators, like the the executives started creating fake accounts to leave you shitty comments, like to get in your head, like, oh he'll delete it and, and re upload again. All right, moving on, though, I want to talk about last week's debate, all right? We had an awesome guest. We had the legendary John Schnepp, one of the directors of Metalocalypse, yeah. uh, the ABCs of Death, lots of stuff. He's worked on so many, so many different projects. Uh, the Death of Superman Lives, awesome documentary you got to check out. But he was on, and we talked about the exploitation of nerd culture and whether or not it's hurting nerd culture. So we put the debate to the test on the website. We asked the audience whether or not they agreed that exploitation was hurting nerd culture. And with a 65% margin, people said yes, that it was. But after listening to the debate, only 60% thought yes, which means it's a difference of 5%. More people were slightly persuaded that exploitation is, in fact, helping nerd culture. Hmm. And I think that's due to the strength of my brilliant, genius, smart, cogent argument that I made. Do you? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do, Mikey. Oh, good job. <laughs> Thanks, Raka. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes people think that I might change my opinion from week to week. But I want to tell you guys what I truly believe. I think that nerd culture is being exploited, and it does hurt the industry, guys. That's what I truly believe. Because nerd culture is being exploited, and it's ultimately changing into something different. When everyone's a nerd, nobody's a nerd. This isn't one of those uh, nerd culture used to be cool arguments either. Nerd culture today is different from nerd culture in the 90s, and in the 90s it was different from the 80s. Unless we get some new and really geeky pastimes that previous generations didn't have, nerd culture will probably stagnate and become vanilla. Vanilla. Yeah, is that what you no. want? 
No one wants vanilla. Anything but that. Well, why does it have to be the same in order for it to be? I mean, I guess what I'm saying is, you know, it's it's like with anything else. Nerd culture is not subject to different circumstances of media. Like things get played out over time, um, and they they get tired of it. I think nerd culture is just that that effect is happening to that too. Why would that be any different? What I talked about a second ago was that nerd culture in the '90s was different from the '80s, and it's different than today. In the '90s, the big thing in, about nerd culture was, I think, video games. Video games were it was it was kind of like the the dawn of the video game era, really. I mean, it started in the '80s, but the '90s really took off. And in the '80s, nerd culture was more about tabletop games, like Dungeons and Dragons and that sort of shit. Dungeons and Dragons had its heyday in the '80s. Yeah, so what, was, what was that? Was was that a uh, a publicly funded uh, PBS board game, Dungeons and Dragons, or no. was it a privately owned? company oh geez what are you getting at rock i'm getting at is that it was always quote exploitation it's always been a fucking industry you're clinging on to a glorious past that never fucking existed (laughs) you're like these punk rockers that talk about the glorious days in the 1970s when punk was real punk rock in the words of the sex pistols manager was always a way to sell trousers (laughs) okay i have no idea what you're talking about first of all rucka I, I wish I wish you guys could hear the sound of my eyes rolling during during your entire uh, monologue right there. <laughs> monologue. <laughs> <laughs> it was a few seconds long, but here's here's the problem with your argument. All right. Yeah. The size of the culture of the nerd culture has changed. If everyone's a nerd, nobody's a nerd. Okay, and so, you wh- will- so what's the magic uh, amount of people that should be part of it for it to remain nerdy? Well. It needs to be it, okay. Here's here's the test. All right, if you can casually mention something that's part of nerd culture to your parents or your grandparents, and they have no fucking idea what you're talking about, then it's not hit critical mass yet. But if they do, if they do know what you're talking about, it's over. All right, the world has changed. All right, we that's don't, my point. We, jocks don't beat up geeks anymore like they used to. All right, parents I'm, aren't out of touch. Parents are on uh, Facebook reading the same stupid shit that their kids are re- like. The world has changed, man. All right, do you really want to go back to your little fucking 1980s fantasy where everything was so perfect? No. No. I didn't say that. All right. I wasn't saying, I wasn't making that argument. I like nerd culture today. I'm just saying if it gets bigger and bigger to the point where everybody is a nerd, you know, you know, here's, here's where, here's where you you have to draw the line. I'll see girls on Twitter sometimes say, oh, I'm staying in tonight to do homework. I'm such a nerd, lol. You're not a fucking nerd. You're doing an assignment that you have to do. Dude, you're yelling at a bunch of fucking girls. <laughs> Is this how you fucking live your life, dude? You're so fucking angry, man. Just calm down. Yeah, more people are into, quote, nerd culture. I'm so sorry that a bunch of hot girls started coming to your little conventions. And it's not just a bunch of smelly dudes. Why don't you talk to your friends over there? Tell them uh, to start showering, to start fucking uh, trimming their fucking uh, hair and just just fucking make themselves presentable whoa 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 we're getting ahead of ourselves we're gonna talk about making yourself presentable for hookups in a minute but first mikey i handed you a sealed envelope with my true opinion this is to prove that i haven't changed my mind from week to week mikey go ahead and read that envelope what does it say yes exploitation is changing nerd culture (laughs) yeah smart Maddox, I know every week you write a gag that i'm supposed to read from this sealed envelope and pretend like i'm just sharing my own thoughts off the cuff yeah But this time, these are my real opinions. Okay. I just don't know how one man can be so right all the time. Oh, thank you, Mike. Seriously, no. Hats off to you, man. If you ever need a co-pilot or a wingman, look no further than me, Mikey Bolts. Very nice of you to share that with us, Mikey. I appreciate that. I've got some voicemail. Listen to this guy. 
hey, I just finished listening to the podcast, and Rucka told a story about how you and him were talking to each other while you were taking a piss. And I just have a question. How is it the guy who literally wrote the book on urinal etiquette, a whole chapter in Alphabet of Manliness about urinal etiquette, and the first rule is hold your peace while you hold your peace, how is that guy talking to a dude while he's taking a piss? Your own rule says don't fucking talk to you while you take a piss. Yeah. So I just want to know where this inconsistency in your logic comes from. Is it that Rucka is so fucking cool that you couldn't help yeah. but talk to him while you were taking a piss? And if so, let's go ahead and promote him for once again exposing you yeah. for a fraudulent liar. How yeah. dare you? Exposed. How fucking dare you punch a Nazi? <laughs> so first of all, I gotta call that out. We it seems like the new send off for the show is Punch a Nazi. I like that. But uh, back to addressing that call. All right, in the alphabet of manliness, I did talk about holding your peace while you hold your peace. All right, that means don't talk to another dude. And Ruck, I gotta call you out, buddy, because I don't think we did have that conversation while we were peeing. Yes, we did. I think it was while we were washing our hands. Nope. Yes. We were taking a piss. Nope. I remember distinctly. I was at one urinal. You were a few urinals over. I was like, oh. Is it- that breakfast club song i don't think i what don't do think you that think happened you just, at all i look i know i would and did uh speak up while taking a piss because i don't like wasting a minute of my life when i go into the bathroom to take a piss at my own home i have like a podcast or youtube video playing on my phone to listen to something so i'm not just standing there doing nothing i don't like wasting a minute so if i hear a song and i have something to say i'll say it while pissing and I don't believe you would just not answer me until we were done pissing. That's the truth. I didn't answer. I just stood in silence and looked straight ahead. I met, I pretended okay. like you didn't even exist right. in the Revi- bathroom. Revisionist history. This is, is not revisionist history. All right. You know, the amazing thing about that day was uh, we went, we were in uh, Pasadena going to that, like, some nerdy con, whatever it was, like a retro fest. It was or, Comic-Con. Pasadena Comic-Con. Yeah, that's what it was. And uh, we actually saw John Schnepp over there that day. You knew that's him. Right. And you, uh, you introduced me. Yeah. And uh, I met uh, Rocky the Red Ranger that's at that same convention. <laughs> and uh, I would have a photo evidence, but he charges 30 bucks for a photo op. And uh, no offense, Rocky, but you're not Jason. So uh, I said no thanks. But I did meet him, and uh, it, was a, it was a good time. Yeah, you, it's just too bad you don't have proof that you met I, him. Yes, no one will Old, ever know. Although, he All right, hey, hey, who do you believe? Do you believe I met Rocky, or do you believe that Maddox was silent while I was making conversation about the song that was playing in the bathroom? That'll be the debate this week. Yeah. <laughs> we'll put it to vote Sorry, on the Sorry, Dreadmere. We've Madcast got a new debate. Media. Yeah, MadcastMedia.com. Oh, yeah, that's, that's far more interesting. Look, I definitely didn't talk. Um, Moving on, though. So that guy wanted you to get a promotion. Here's another caller with Hell a different yeah. point promotion. of view. Listen to this guy. You should double demote uh, Rucka because he is a fucking dumbass, and I can't believe you put up with him. All right, guys, that's two calls back to back. One wants a promotion, one wants a demotion. You know what that means? It's time to put it to the audience. Vote again. Oh shit! Yeah, we're gonna put that on the website. People decide. We're gonna put it to vote on the website. Madcastmedia.com. Whether or not Rucka gets a promotion, we haven't done one of these in a while. We'll see what happens. But uh, here's another caller. Listen to this guy. He calls out another one of our callers. Listen to this. Uh, hi guys. Um, I, uh, I called not too long ago. I talked about how Mr. Rogers, uh, teaching me how to manufacture a traffic light, uh, blew my fucking mind as a small child. Um, and unfortunately I had the, the unfortunate experience of having weird Matthew McConaughey, uh, tell me that I was a liar on the podcast, um, claiming that he just had a stoplight in his house and he did not show people how they were made. But 
Uh, if we do 10 seconds of fucking research, Mr. McConaughey, we'll see that in episode 8 of series 29 of Mr. Rogers, which aired on July 28th, 1999, uh, the, the episode ends with Mr. Rogers showing everyone a video about how traffic lights are made. I'm just really upset that Matthew McConaughey said those inflammatory remarks about me. Uh, thank you, guys. Oh, shit, dude. Wow. Weird Matthew McConaughey got called out hard, which leads me to introducing a new segment we're going to have on the show. It's called Caller Callout. Oh, shit. Caller Callout. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Caller Callout, guys. And, and in fact, I did verify that caller's claim to see if Mr. Rogers did indeed go to a traffic light assembly manufacturer, and he did. Here's a little clip from that episode. Listen to this. That was Mrs. McFeely. She told me that Mr. McFeely was going to bring over a videotape about people making traffic signals. Oh, shit. And guess what, shitheads? That's exactly what Mr. McFeely did. He brought over a video cassette of a manufacturer putting together a traffic signal. And that caller's mind was blown, and I hope your mind was blown too, Rucka. Totally, uh, if I understood what the fuck just happened. <laughs> dude, caller call out, dude. Yeah. Yo, what if we get like a fucking podcast on the network that's just like, you know, fans uh, debating one another on some shit? That's actually not a bad idea. What do you guys yeah. think of that? I want to chime in in the comments. That's not a bad idea. If we have callers calling each other out... And debating each other. I could be the moderator. We could both be the moderator, actually. We could do this live and then, uh, you know, edit it together. That might be really interesting. Yeah. Idea, well, let's uh, let's get this uh, segment uh, going and uh, yeah. we'll see where it goes. I look forward to hearing what weird Matthew McConaughey says next week. You're on notice, Matthew. Hell yeah. Anyway, here's another call. Hey, Maddox. This is in regard to your Comic-Con story. I feel like an asshole now because 11 years ago... I was really excited about your comic coming out, but I could not go to Comic-Con because I didn't have the money. However, I had a friend who was going there, and so I told him, hey, stop my Maddox's booth and go get his comic book for me. I will pay you whatever you want. And he said, okay. And he came back, and he said that he was in line, and the fucking administrators or whatever there shooed him away because they said he was creating a fire hazard. Yep. And I said, oh, bullshit, you just forgot to go get it. You lying asshole. So now I owe somebody an apology 11 years later. Thank you for bringing this to light. Punch a Nazi. <laughs> Thank you. We will punch a Nazi. But yeah, that's actually a fact. That caller, I guess, sent his friend. I talked about this last week, how there was a huge line of people in front of my booth for my comic. And the the people at Comic-Con were shooing them away because they said it was a fire hazard. I guess that guy's friend was standing in line. And he walked away because they, they shooed him away, never picked up the comic for his buddy. And now, 11 years later, here I am verifying that story. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. I guess you do owe your friend an apology and a comic, which you can only get from me personally at Comic-Con, which I'll be at this year. I think it's no, in uh, you're July. Not, no, it's too commercial. You're not going. No, I'll be there. No, no. I said I'll you're be there. You're a man of principle. You're not going uh, to such a commercialized uh, exploitation. I didn't say commercialization was bad. I said that exploitation, and not just from the industry, from the commercial side of it, but from the fans themselves. What gives you the right to produce and sell a comic book, but not them? They can, I'm not saying they, they don't have the right. What, is not exploitation? No. Then what's exploitation? We talked about this last week, but exploitation is it comes from two places. From the fans... When they start stealing your your content, 
You know, they're exploiting. That's the what you mean by exploitation. Well, we talked about that last week. And then the second one is from the commercial aspect of it. When they start to expand and make it bigger to sell other products that have nothing to do with that culture. Like for a perfect example was, I think John mentioned that Always Sunny was exhibiting at the Comic-Con, which has nothing to do with comics. Breaking Bad was exhibited. AMC's Breaking Bad, that has nothing to do with comics. So that's exploitation of nerd culture when they are trying to sell other products. Next thing you know, you're going to you're gonna show up there and they're just selling you bags of carrots and uh, fucking livestock and whatever the fuck they want. Oh, you got you guys like Marvel? You like like you like Wolverine here? Buy a bundle of hay. When you flip through a comic book, there's if it's a successful one, it's if if it's one that can afford to be distributed, there's often advertisements in the comic book. Yeah, advertisements in the comic book, exactly. Okay, but they should so be. here Comic Con is advertising another TV show for an audience that might like it. Oh, great. Why not? Then where do you draw the fucking line? Why don't you sell me fucking shoes and uh, trinkets? And that's actually what it's already becoming. If you go to Comic-Con, there's all these booths that open up. They're just selling you necklaces and shit. What, what I the just, fuck I literally that? just looked down at the floor to see if you were wearing shoes, and you are. Yeah, well, I don't want to buy them at Comic-Con unless they have something to do with comics. Why the fuck not? Because I'm not there to D- buy shoes. Don't you want to can... support nerd culture, you no. fucking piece of shit? <laughs> <laughs> no shithead. What I want, I can go to a mall and buy yeah. shoes any day of the so week. So you want to support the the man, the big mall, the fucking exploitation of the fucking... I didn't say that. I didn't say it was exploitation. At the mall, that's what I expect to do. I go there and there's a fucking shoe okay, store. Okay, everybody, let's, let's, let's set boundaries in society you can only buy shoes at the mall and you can only buy comics at comic it cheapens it shithead if i go to a movie what i want to see before the movie are previews for other movies i don't want to see a fucking commercial for cheetos i don't want to see car commercials i don't want don't sell me your fucking shampoo or your fucking bosley for men any of that shit i don't want that shit (laughs) you definitely don't want to see a bosley commercial (laughs) (laughs) fuck you man low blow all right here's another caller this this guy this guy's a Trump supporter and he he's calling me out he's putting me on notice listen to this guy uh, I just wanted to call in to say something about uh you know the, the political thing that happened Hello. this episode uh you you said that like well not you Maddox but you know he said that like you, we are all you know tricked you know calling us stupid but we're tricked you know but we weren't because Hello. Trump said he was gonna build a wall guess what he did he's probably gonna build that wall oh, he's gonna ban uh, you know Muslims until you figure out what ISIS is you know what's going on with ISIS guess what he did he's banning banning them and it's not like a race thing it's not a religion thing it's you know obviously that it's not you know because Trump isn't banning where he has business it's the eight that Obama you know Obama's you know whatever the fuck said that you know there's more concern in and it's just like, why would they do that again if they already have the research? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Also, uh, you're gay. Oh, <laughs> shit. Wow. wow. That made it all worth uh, it. You, looks like you got, like, you're in some shit, Maddox. You better watch out. This yeah. Game, yeah. Yeah. Sounds like I got my ass real blasted in that call. <laughs> mm-hmm. Putting me on un- yeah. unnoticed. Way to, way to make the point. Very cogent argument, by the way. Thank you. Thank you for, for calling in to defend Trump. He's uh, saying, oh, well, Trump kept his his campaign promises because he built that wall well he's gonna (laughs) and he banned muslims until we can figure out what happens with isis he also made all sorts of bullshit looney tunes campaign promises like he was gonna lock up hillary clinton and then reneged on that Mm -hmm. but uh look man what john was saying last week is that we were all tricked not because he wasn't going to follow through with his campaign promises 
but because his campaign promises were shitty. There's an important distinction there that you missed entirely, shithead. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, John's not here right now to uh, speak for himself, so we'll just assume he agrees with what I'm about to say, (laughs) is um, when you have no principles, which is increasingly the case in our country, as you can see by looking at Uh, Maddox every single fucking week. I'm the most uh, principled. Then a guy like Trump comes along. He never talks about uh, individual rights. He never talks about the founding principles of the country. He just goes, I'll give you a job. Everyone's getting a job. We're going to bring back jobs uh, anyone who takes your job away we're gonna we're gonna take everything away from everyone's getting a job and that what do people vote for they got that or they got you know the status quo so they're gonna go with trump so yeah keep keep doubling down on the bullshit maddox keep calling everybody a nazi keep <laughs> keep uh keep doing that shit and uh see see where uh society takes you bro you guys are such pussies. <laughs> yeah. Let's hear no, it. There's no Bring one it. like I just got it okay so you know Richard Spencer the guy the Nazi who got punched recently oh Oh, I'm sorry. I called him a Nazi. Sorry, I offended all the Nazis out there. Keep, keep oh, going. Yeah, keep doing I will. Yep. I called him out. Just do it. I called him out mm-hmm. because here's the thing: Richard Spencer just over the weekend posted a comic on his Twitter feed, mm-hmm. and the comic showed a, literally a Nazi holding a a rifle with someone in a concentration camp. And he said, "Well, we didn't want to put you guys in concentration camps, but you guys wouldn't stop punching us." So he went from zero to concentration camp. Immediately, the response to getting punched is, "Well, I guess we gotta make concentration camps I think now." That was. <laughs> I love the fact that you're so fucking. Your head is so far up your ass. You make Richard Spencer seem like the reasonable one, and then smart, <laughs> smart people like me have to like speak for him and and like take his side on shit, which I don't even want to fucking ever do. He, he, that was the fucking joke. Like he he calls himself a Nazi, ironically, because guys like you keep calling him a Nazi. I don't fuck. Look, I don't who's agree a Nazi? with him. Who's a fucking Nazi? If you can't call Richard Spencer's a, a, a Nazi, then who's a fucking Nazi? A Nazi is. He's a fucking Nazi. Nazi is a, a Nazi. He's a fucking Nazi. He's he's Nazi light. Oh, sorry, he hasn't like created an actual fucking concentration camp. Do you need to? Do you fucking need to? Dude, you- there's fucking concentration camps in North Korea right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why that's fine. Are, why are and the fucking <laughs> communists are proudly disrupting and marching through Washington outside of the inauguration? Do you fucking have a? Do you want to go punch them? No, you're not opposed to concentration camps you just you want a virtue signal that any form of racism coming from white people is wrong and any hatred uh going in any other direction is fine and that's your whole thing that's all right? a straw man argument i never said that i never said uh, look hatred coming from any side is wrong no okay then why where's your why aren't you furious at the uh buzzfeed article or whatever it was that said exterminate white people I first of all, I've never seen that article, but if it, if it exists, of course it's a shitty fucking article, and, I, and everybody calls them out on it. Don't pretend like this is like oh, Buzzfeed is 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 the voice of the majority of people. Buzzfeed is clickbait garbage. No, the point is, it's perfectly cute to say, oh, all straight white guys are are racist trash, and everybody thinks, ah, oh, it's funny, we don't take that shit seriously. But as soon as uh some some guy in his fucking basement creates a website that says this country was founded by white people for oh. white people. That guy gets fucking punched? Yeah, some guy in his basement. Except you're mischaracterizing Richard Spencer. He holds rallies where people seek Heil at the end of it. Okay. After, after he says white people are the superior race. He says shit he like that. He also 
so he if that's his fucking opinion it, fucking black guys uh, give fuck rousing speeches fucking Al Sharpton says shit like we were inventing shit while those Greek homos were fucking each other's <laughs> ass he fucking says that shit fucking your boy Louis Farrakhan wants to give a quarter of this country to black people you know what that is that's ethnic cleansing that's perfectly fine fucking professor what did I say that was fucking ethnic, uh, third way feminists talk about fucking that white men should be fucking kicked off the planet all the time and it's cute and we all laugh because we know it's never gonna happen that's fucking Richard man, Spencer Richard Spencer he believes that this country was created by white people for white people that's not the same as saying everyone should be murdered who is not white look there was more to Nazis than racism by the way there was a lot more to them racism is almost not even the main point of of the Nazis of yesteryear I can't I realize think- you're only capable of processing the racist part because you're not you don't seem that smart but like I'm trying I can explain it to you if you want oh great no we don't need to go through the virtues of Nazis and I want to go back to something you said too yeah uh I got called out for virtue signaling yeah on Twitter and I responded to the guy because the guy was like hey Maddox you're just virtue signaling to SJWs because I guess now punching Nazis makes you an SJW but this guy's like oh you're just virtue signaling and I responded to him I said yeah of course I'm virtue signaling why is that a bad thing I'm always virtue signaling I want people to know how virtuous I am I'm the most virtuous person I know I'm gonna signal that as much as possible all the time where's the buzzer there we go <laughs> what, what Dreadbeer, what are you Get what are you what are you buzzing in for? No, I just I, just because you're you're so adamant about like punching a Nazi and all this kind of stuff. It's not necessarily virtuous behavior, right? You just it's a very easy target for you to, you know, have this opinion that anybody is most people are going to back me up just because I, I want to punch them in the face. And I think it's honestly just an excuse so you can have a a reason to punch someone in the face. Look, I'm not saying I would. Personally, I think the guy who punched him in the face should get the repercussions of it. We have laws. We're a land of laws. And if you assault somebody, if you batter somebody in public, you should get the consequences of that. There you go. That's the first smart thing you've said. Listen. But I, I, I didn't say that that wasn't the case. I never said that wasn't the case. Uh, okay. I, I'm saying if you punch someone, of course, you yeah, should have Yeah, okay. The then f- that's, the, that's the fucking conversation we should be having. And here, here's the big uh, divide between what I see as two different groups of people in society today. The people who celebrated that guy getting punched and the people who said, whoa, ho, 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 hey, hey, hey. Look, we can't like punch. When, the minute you punch somebody, the debate's over. Now we've taken it to a whole new level. So we we need to we need to say, hey, punching people is wrong. That needs to be the first the first lesson we take away from this shit. No, the first lesson we take away Those from Nazis this shit. are bad. Yeah, you know, you're that, so f- what a bold genocide position. is bad shithead. What Ge- genocide? Look, and by the way, yeah, I've I've spent way too much time arguing. Is Richard Spencer a Nazi? Is he not? Let's just say he is for argument's sake. Let's say he is. Let's say he literally is Hitler, and he wants to be the next Hitler. Okay. He has a right to have that opinion, and so his friends have a right to salute him. They, yeah. they have that right. Yeah. Unless they're literally about to carry that mission out and literally start hurting people, they have a right to have that opinion. That's fine. And when, when we turn to find out whether or not they're literally about to do that, I guess we'll all come to Rucka Rucka Ali and find out whether or not, in his opinion... It, it warrants punching them in the face. We'll, there's we'll come, there's we'll, no evidence of them doing it. And by the way, when they are doing it, it's not on you and me to go punch them. It's for the police. Why? Well, that's true. I, I'll agree with that. Okay. But white supremacists have killed more people in this country oh my God. in the last what? decade than, than Islamic terrorism. 
What? You just, oh my God, yeah. you just opened a can of worms, yeah. you fucking Bring it. moron. We'll, t- we'll talk about what this. What white supremacist? Like, what are you talking about? Anytime a white guy kills anyone, you probably no, count that as a no, white supremacist. No. Look, there's there's research out there. There's okay. statistics. Look, when Dylan Roof shoots up the church, that's not a terrorist attack. Yeah, that's your attack. one example. Uh, that's a pretty fucking significant Look, example. I don't, I don't like white supremacists killing people either. I don't like any type of supremacist, okay? I want everybody to just be an individual. You're the one who keeps virtue signaling and fucking winking at the feminists and the the uh, oh, black Jesus. the black supremacists saying, hey, yeah, guys, fuck white people. I've never said or done any of those things. That's a straw man argument. That's bullshit. All right. Oh, look, listen. <laughs> we agree that everybody's a person and has free will. We agree that all these fucking groups we've concocted are a social construct to use your favorite phrase over there listening at home and uh, masturbating furiously and and angrily at this podcast. All right. We agree that every person is a fucking person. So all this argument over who killed more people than than, uh, the other group is fucking stupid. It's not. The only reason I talk about Islamic whatever is because there is literally a movement funded, heavily funded, Mostly coming out of the Middle East. Heavily funded, literally people paying to educate people, to radicalize them as a movement to hurt people here in our country. That's why I talk about it. Not because a particular Muslim somewhere did something. Yeah, and North Korea, the entire regime is exists to hurt us. They, they, want, they view us as enemy number one, and they're constantly making threats and blah, blah, blah. But yet, somehow... The North Korean regime, with their nuclear arms, isn't enemy number one. It's fucking ISIS, who, who hasn't fucking made an attack in America. It's not happening in a long, long-ass time. Every now and then, we'll get some fucking lone wolf. And by the way, you, you can ban all the fucking Muslims in the world. You can ban every fucking Muslim country in the world, but you can't ban the Quran because it's a fucking book. And anyone, if you want to make the case that the Quran is radicalizing Muslims and creating Islamic terrorism, then you have to ban the fucking book. And you fucking can't because, first of all, it's against our constitution, and second, it's an idea. Are you... If if you want to ban ideas, then go ahead and try. Are you implying that those are my opinions? That I want to ban an idea or ban Muslims or that I think ISIS is public enemy number one? No, but back to that caller. He no, said, no, no, hold he on. Said, okay. That caller said that, uh, that John's argument was that we were all tricked by Trump. And that's, I think, what John was saying is that we are tricked into thinking that this is such a bigger threat than it actually is. Uh, that whole conversation just stemmed from like that 99% illiterate callers that yeah. we just had. <laughs> See? Yeah. That, we gotta let everybody have an opinion. We can't just no, punch them in the street like you, Maddox no, is into. idiots and mushmouth. And, uh, and for that for that big fucking long ass <laughs> tangent. Oh boy. Yeah. You hear that, guys? You better agree with Maddox or you're just a douchebag. No, you better. All right, all right. Hey, this is all in good fun, guys. All you listening at home, okay? Just so you know, like, fucking this is fucking politics is like just a small part of your life man like you know have fun work hard uh have hopefully sex with who you know the opposite sex or whatever you're into i'm looking right at you dude (laughs) all right uh i got another call here this is uh this is a caller so a couple episodes ago we had mike dion he's uh from south africa yeah which a lot of people didn't know he was an african-american yeah he is literally an african-american but here's a caller i mentioned that in south africa that peas were a delicacy, and they would give it to guests. Uh, this caller is calling in from South Africa to disagree. Listen to this. Hey, Maddox. Voter funny here from South Africa. I'd like you to hear the sound. Guess what that is? It's a bag of McCain Garden peas that I bought at the local grocery store. So thank you very much for putting my country's image back by 20 years, and tell your idiot friend if a host in South Africa hands him a bowl of peas, 
the etiquette is to actually take a scoop, put it in his plate, and hand it off to the next person. <laughs> that dish of peas will be followed by potatoes and whatever else. Otherwise, love the show. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> okay, so let, let's uh, let's get this straight. If someone hands you a bowl of peas, you're supposed to take a scoop and pass it on. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Sounds weird. I don't understand all these South African customs. What's weird about that? It's a family style. Have you ever been to a family style restaurant? They give you big portions, you yeah. pass it around. It doesn't mean that yeah. that's a delicacy. You like, oh, that's a big barbecue. lasagna you gave me. Yeah, Dreadmere, I know it's a fucking... I was making a joke. Of course, that's standard etiquette. But here's the thing. That caller omitted to mention the price of those peas. All right? How much did you pay for those peas, buddy? I bet it was I bet it was upwards of, of $8. I bet it wasn't. <laughs> eight, five to eight dollars. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say that he probably paid five to eight dollars for a bag of peas in South Africa. Maybe that's why they were saying that it's an expensive thing. It's a delicacy, right? Okay. And if those peas were cheap, then I'll, I'll finally admit that the that the pea thing is bullshit. I so, find it so fascinating that this story is so important to you that you're just going to the ends of the earth to defend it. Man, that <laughs> it's just this delectable thing that's so expensive and rare. Uh, moving on. I got another call. Listen to this. Dude, you don't like horses in video games. That's fine. However, if you were offered a bicycle that actually went slower, I'm sure you would ride a bicycle through all of Skyrim. <laughs> there. Yeah. Especially gotcha. if you were offered the option to drive a car versus ride a bicycle versus ride a horse. You would ride a bicycle. Hell yeah, that sounds awesome. A bike through Skyrim would be amazing. You could first of all, a car would be stupid in Skyrim. There's rocks everywhere. But a bike, a mountain bike. You can go up a hill, you can go down a hill, you can go down waterfalls, down rivers. You can fight dragons, take a sword out, swing at that fucker. On yeah. your bicycle? A bicycle, yeah. yeah. A like bicycle would be... With, the, with your bicycle. Actually, Dreadmere, alright, I'm... There's this uh, underground bicycling community I joined a long time ago. And this, 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 uh, this bike riding community, they ride around midnight, okay? And they ride around the streets and they do all sorts of crazy stunts, including bike jousting. So yes, that's a thing. I've seen it. I've seen people do it, and I'll do it myself because it's badass. That's a that's an actual fact. Bike jousting—it's a real thing. No, it's an actual as opposed to an alternative fact. It's an actual fact. Yeah. Now we have now we have that in our vernacular thanks to <laughs> Trump tricking us with this bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Jackass. Fuck All right. The facts. Coming up at the end of the show, I've got some quick news headlines. But joining me again this week is my bottom commanding moderator, Rucker Ali. Let's hear his buzzer. And Dreadmere, let's hear your buzzer. Now, if either of these two fine gentlemen disagree with anything I say, if I make a logical contradiction, which I've never done before, if you hear anything you want to disagree with or chime in, feel free to use those buzzers. But moving on, guys, the debate this week is about dating and hookup culture. Dating apps have become more popular than ever, with apps like OkCupid, Tinder, Happen, Grindr, Match.com, Bumble, Zoosk, and there's a new one. I, I haven't even heard of this until just today when I was doing some research, but Coffee Meets Bagel. It's an app that uh, only shows you a few matches per day. You know, everyone's got their new new little gimmick. There's even an app called Down that lets you match people who are interested in hooking up. So there's no pretenses about what you want from the encounter. You can also choose to date someone if you want, I guess, from this app, but it's mostly for hookups. So with so many apps, it's never been easier to get laid and hook up. And that leads us to the debate this week is hookup culture ruining dating? 
Now, Dreadmere, I have you here as our guest because you consider yourself a, a somewhat of a relationship expert. Is that right? Yeah. When I first started making YouTube videos, a lot of my inspiration came from people who would give relationship advice and that kind of stuff. So I made some some videos of my own uh, with that in mind and then also did a bunch of live streams where people would send in questions and I would give them my, my opinions and advice. Okay. Well, I'm going to give you first pick. What side of the debate do you want to argue? Is hookup culture ruining dating? Yes or no? I'm going to take the position that it does ruin dating. That it does ruin dating. Okay, guys, now I'm going to take the opposite side of the debate and argue that it's not ruining dating. But now's your chance to vote on madcastmedia.com. What do you think before hearing this debate? I want to know what you guys think, just your instinct, your gut reaction is. When you hear about hookup culture and all these different dating apps, do you think that it's ruining dating? Drew, go ahead and uh, tell me why you think it is ruining dating. I'm really curious to hear this because uh, I think it's not. Go ahead. So uh, I think hookup culture is ruining dating because look, I'm all for you going out and, and exploring your sexuality and all that kind of stuff and Thanks. finding what that, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, uh, most people. But I think that hookup culture is a great arena to do that, right? It's a great arena to, to meet people and, and have those experiences that aren't really long lasting. And, and that's kind of what, you know, your youth is designed for. But that same arena is not the environment you want to be in when you're looking for something a little bit more substantial or meaningful. So, Dreadmere, why can't these two aspects of dating, hookups and the dating itself, why can't they coexist? Like, what what happens if you just want to go to the bang zone, all right? <laughs> you just want to, you meet someone, yeah. and you're not that into them, yeah. but you're into their genitals, okay? They're, they're, you know, sex is fun. It's <laughs> a thing that people like to do, each other. It's a thing. Yeah. So what's wrong with that? Why can't you say, "All right, um, I'm gonna just gonna, gonna go out, gonna go out there and uh, get laid a whole bunch, and then maybe at some point in my life, if I get my shit together, I might want to start dating." I feel like you can do that. I feel like both those things can exist. Why can't they coexist together? So okay. So logistically speaking, sex is a, uh, a biological thing that shows that you're interested in someone physically. But I think that artistically and culturally, we found that the act and impact of sex bleeds into your other social characteristics. Uh, it's not just physical. There's a, a sentimental transcendence to it. It's going to influence your job and your and your hobbies and your friends and your family and all that kind of stuff. I would hope so. Uh, <laughs> and so because there is more to it, and we all recognize that, and I, I think there there is a, a real connection that you can have with somebody, that is sort of fallen by the wayside just to engage in this instant gratification that has become so important and also um, pretty commonplace. To just do that it's it's not surprise if you you know like when you told that story about how you met some girl on tinder and you had some enlightening conversation about burning freeways or whatever and then had sex with her in a burger king bathroom or whatever <laughs> whatever that happened you're thinking of a digital underground song buddy <laughs> whoa yeah great story <laughs> and, and for those who don't know uh, dreadmere is referring to a story i told a couple episodes back where i met this this girl on tinder and ended up hooking up with her in her car within three hours of, of meeting her on the date. Yeah. Yeah. So just because like, like when you tell me a story like that, like I'm honestly, it's not surprising, right? Most people yeah. are going to hear that and be like, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, me too. And it's because it's just so normal. It's like, if, if I think we can all agree that sex is a, is a huge part of a relationship, right? Do you guys would agree that if you're in a relationship, sex is going to be a critical part of it. Yeah. It's like yeah. what? 90, 80, 90% of it. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> it's certainly important. And so if it's so important, why should it be taken so lightly outside of a relationship? Why should it be so Dread monotonous? Me. Look, man, okay, sex is a handshake, all right? <laughs> it, it, sex to me is like a handshake. Yeah. It's just a very intimate, physical, sometimes sweaty handshake. Now, here's the thing. 
And and sometimes handshakes are sweaty. It's yeah. the perfect analogy. Would you want uh, your wife to uh, go shake somebody's hand? No. Are you making a cuck joke there? <laughs> no, it was a question. You said <laughs> no, sex is no big not. deal. No. Obviously, you don't want somebody to do it when you're together with them. So yeah, it's, no not a, it's not a handshake. Well, it's similar to a handshake. It's not exactly the same thing as a handshake. Good job, Rucka Rucka Ali. No, you fucking... Cuck. It's that a fucking handshake. You is fucking casual and sex is not. It can be casual. That's the point. That's the similarity I'm trying if to do. If I here. shook your okay, I'm not gonna I was gonna say if I shook your mom's hand, but I'm not even gonna go there. <laughs> yeah, she yeah, listens. So, so let me okay, let me just kind of bring this around here. I my main point with all of this is not is not necessarily that you shouldn't be engaging in those things. I'm not trying to preach like this whole culture of hookup that it's that you know, preach that it's wrong. What I'm trying to say is that it doesn't it needs to be a a culture of communication. If that's what you're looking for, if that's what you want, then you need to express that right away. I mean, that's why this term "fuckboy" exists, right? That's a new <laughs> no. No, go on. I, tell I, me no. what. Tell me what a fuckboy is. Okay, so so a fuckboy <laughs> is basically the term that that has been accepted as it, it, it's a guy who's it has a negative connotation to it. He's doing shady or underhanded things to sleep with somebody, and I think hookup culture alleviates a lot of the guilt that would come from that because it is so normal, right? Like if if this guy goes and has sex with the girl he met on Tinder. And and he's lying to her saying, maybe I do want something more or whatever, which is pretty common. Uh, and she, you know, gets hurt or emotionally damaged from that. He can just say, well, whatever. I mean, everybody's doing it anyway. It's not a big deal. He can kind of lie to himself. I mean, that happens all the time. And it's and it's not necessarily the sex that's wrong about it. I think it's just the fact that hookup culture doesn't encourage communication. It's OK to just do those kinds of things. And I think communication needs to be way more on the forefront of social interaction. Ah, Dreadmere, I hate <laughs> I hate that I have to do this, but. I actually agree with you. Yeah, that's a, that's a big point uh, in your favor because I'm going to I'm actually working on a video about this, about how to get laid, and that's one of the points I bring up during it. I, I'll talk about this a little bit more when I make that video. But yeah, the communication what, is key. What are you agreeing with him about? Th- that you that hookup culture can lead to a breakdown in communication because then you get girls and guys lying about what they want. Okay, so l- lying is lying. Yeah, well, lying lying can be encouraged. With hookup culture, inside a hookup culture, because if, if all you want from someone is a sex, but you sense that they might want something else, you might feel inclined to lie to them and suggest and lead them on mm-hmm. into a relationship territory when you're not interested in that. Yeah, and when you do that, you're... So it, the well, problem is not hookup culture, the problem is people lying. Hookup, well, hookup culture is when generally both sides, both parties agree that it's just a hookup. No, but when, it, when culturally it's acceptable to lie... It, it's not that surprising that this guy, yeah, I hooked up with this girl, whatever, you know, like, and she thought I was into her. Like, it encourages that because it's not that weird to do it. What you're doing essentially is you're you're shirking the responsibility of lying to and using another human being by indulging in this hookup culture, right? Because it's like if you could just keep telling yourself, like, yeah, everybody's doing it. I, I did lie to this girl and I did use her, but she would have had sex with someone anyway. It's not that big a deal. When the reality is a lot of people are getting really hurt. Like, a lot of people are getting emotionally hurt and, and, and jaded from that. Yeah, a lot of snowflakes, but uh, let, me, <laughs> let me go ahead and tell you guys why hookup culture is not ruining dating, all right? Okay, let's hear it. First of all, hooking up is great. Yeah. <laughs> Point matters. Everyone needs to get laid more, all right? I think everyone needs to get laid more. I feel like ISIS wouldn't exist if they got laid. What well, do you mean? Not the first time they I've go, heard they, that argument. They, they run around raping women all the time. That, the, you, you don't rape. That's not getting laid. That's rape. Okay, they run around taking five wives. Nah, you're generalizing. This is bullshit. 
We're not going down this this rabbit hole. ISIS, if they got laid, if they didn't ha- look, if they if they weren't the type of shitheads who went out and started raping people, like I, I don't even want to equate rape to getting laid. No, consensual it's sex. right. Okay, so it's not sex, but like you're so incapable of grasping the role that like philosophy plays in people's lives that you think ISIS would just rethink their religion if they were getting their dick wet. Oh my gosh, Kaka Ali, I am <laughs> trying to make just a tongue in tongue in cheek little joke, a, a snide yeah, little comment. Yeah, it's a tired cliche. It's hey not, man, no. just fucking smoke a joint and get laid and all the problems will fucking go away. But that's pretty much true in, uh, in most cultures. I don't know, cultures. man. We've been uh, a lot of people have been smoking a lot of weed and getting laid a lot for a very long time. All right, and, Dreadmere, uh, what do you want to chime in about? So, okay, you're making the point that sex is just awesome and it, it's really healthy for you and that yes. people need to do it more. Uh, right. Uh, to go back to like what I'm what I'm trying to say originally is that yes I I'm not I'm I'm agreeing with that I don't think that there's anything wrong with having sex regularly and even disconnected sex I've I've indulged in hookup culture I've embraced it and it's done a lot for me like with my sexual mentality what I what I'm saying is that if that's all you want that's what you need to communicate that's what you need to say like yeah no can, I I agree with that you can totally do that just you know be honest about it well here's how hookup culture is helping people. All right, it gets them out of their heads about hooking up with people. It's great. People you, used to be freaking out about sex in the nineties and the eighties. The nineties, oh 80s. yeah, the night, the, the the puritanical nineties, man. No one was getting laid, dude. No one was. No, the not fucking, a single. The sixties and seventies were the best time to fucking get laid. Oh, you think we fucking became Mormon? Mormon no, after that? That's just because of our fucking parents' generation. They want to brag about everything. Oh, uh, you guys don't know how how to have sex. Uh, you guys don't know about music. Oh, you guys don't know about pot. They like their culture is always better than ours because they just want to poo-poo on the millennials. This coming from a guy who thinks everything's too commercial nowadays. I didn't say that. I've yeah. never, I've All literally right. never said that. Back to the debate. So hold <laughs> literally. on. Literally, we were fucking uptight in the eighties and nineties. Yeah, People man. weren't getting laid that much. Oh no. All right. Like vaginas had. I mean, chops. I don't know, man. I was, I was. Uh, <laughs> I was, uh, I don't know if I was old enough to get laid in the 90s, but I, I was old enough to watch a lot of Jenny Jones and Ricky Lake, and yeah. uh, there were some uh, there were some people uh, going on that show talking about how much sex they were having. Yeah, and you know why they were on the shows is because they were so extraordinarily rare. Good answer. Good rebuttal. Thank you, Point Maddox. <laughs> so here's another point I want to make. Hookup culture makes it so people realize they have options, and it encourages people to date more until they find someone they're truly compatible with. You no longer have to settle because, oh, I'm getting my dick wet. I better put a ring on it. Not not the dick, but <laughs> the girl you met. Yeah, you can if you want. Yeah, it could have a net positive effect on divorce rate. Here's my prediction, all right? Divorce rates are at an all-time high right now. It's like yeah. 51, 52%. It's, it's, a, it's slightly more than not. People, people who get married get divorced. I think that it's hookup culture eventually, over time, over the next decade or so, you'll probably see a rebound in the divorce rate because people are hooking up more. They have more options. They're no longer putting a ring on the first girl or guy they hook up with. And then going down these dreadful, shitty relationships that end in tragic, uh, tragic divorce. I think that when people go out there and they lighten up and they chill out and they, they uh, bang each other some more, then they realize they, don't, they no longer have to settle. They can find that person who they're truly compatible with. Okay. So here is why I disagree with that. Oh. Let's think about the psychology behind this. Okay. If... You're a girl and and a guy, you're on a date, and you're of this hookup culture, right? Yeah. There's a pressure in the back of your mind. You're thinking, is he going to try to make a move? Is he going to try to have sex with me? When is that going to happen? And if he does, I, I might want to be polite. I might just go along with it. Uh, same thing with the guy. 
And if it happens, it happens. Um, you don't. You don't. Go, you, well, I wouldn't say that. That's just a polite person who's just like goes along with getting banged. Well, no. I mean, I, that, that happens a lot more than you think. You'd be surprised, actually. But I have I have evidence to back that okay, up too. Okay. All right. But, I want to hear this. Okay. So because there is this pressure, right? I then think you are more selective and less likely to even initiate that kind of date. I think that if there wasn't this pressure, if you were just going to meet somebody and hang out with them and get to know them on a more emotional level, you would be going on more dates. You could meet more people and they would be under the guise that you are just talking and trying to connect with somebody on something way more deeper than physical. Oh, you're saying if you remove the hookup element from it. Right. So uh, you would go on way more. You'd meet more people. That's interesting. <laughs> that's stupid. That's silly. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. Here's the thing. I don't want to get into a relationship with someone I haven't had sex with. I mean, that's fair. That's it. Yeah. If we're not banging. I met a girl one night in a, in a, at a comedy club or something. So there was my friend. <laughs> First mistake. This, <laughs> yeah. Well, she was not a comedian. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. I have a rule about dating comedians. Still, still. Okay. Go yeah. ahead. So I, I met this girl. She had this out of control ass. All right. And okay. so, so she turns around. Whitest guy on earth. Yeah. <laughs> so she turned around. We immediately made eye contact, hit it off, started chatting. And then I thought, wow, this girl's pretty cool. She seemed she seemed well-spoken and interesting to talk to, blah, blah, blah. And then at some point during the conversation, we, we, we decided to get out of there and go someplace. And while we're in the car, I, the conversation turned to whether or not I would continue dating a girl if we hadn't had sex after the fourth date. And I, said, and I without skipping a beat, I said, absolutely not. And she's like, what? I said, yeah, no, no fucking way. She goes, well, I'm at that age where if I date a guy and he's he doesn't have his shit together and I'm not going to put out, I'm not going to wait. I'm going to wait till maybe five or six dates. I'm going to I'm like, all right, later. Open the door. Kicked her out. (laughs) So after she she went on this little rant about how she's going to like hold sex hostage until she gets what she wants out of a relationship. That to me is vulgar. That to me is disgusting because, again, sex is a handshake. All right. To me, sex is a handshake. If you I, I've been on I've been I've dated girls where one of the few things that really pisses me off is if a girl holds sex hostage. If you guys have an argument or something or she, you, you do or say something she doesn't like, she, she says, oh, well, we're not having sex tonight. I say, all right, you don't want to have sex. We're not going to have sex. Don't do it as a favor to me. Mm-hmm. I don't need your pity pussy. <laughs> if we if you have a disagreement with a girl or a guy that you love. Mm-hmm. Do you then withhold your affection from them? That's fucking manipulative and shitty. I agree 100%. And I don't know if you realize, but you're actually strengthening my argument. See, because those are things that you found out about this person after getting to know her, right? And even the same thing with the girl that you kicked out of a moving car. <laughs> <laughs> like, because she communicated to you, she was like, you saw her, you're like, I want to have sex with her. She's also pretty cool. But then she says, hey, you know, I don't really want to have sex. You were able to just cut it off at the knees right there. There's not that much damage to you emotionally or her emotionally or anything like that it's not awkward you can kind of just make a decision based on the way that you guys talk to each other yes i agree that sex is a huge part of a relationship and it shouldn't be withheld and and those are my opinions i think yeah if you want to pound her four times a day that's awesome (laughs) but if she's not of the same mentality or she doesn't subscribe to the same belief as you that's important to know and yeah well i mean look at it from her perspective dreadmere this girl right she 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 wanted to Wait until date five or six, maybe. Yeah. First of all, if you, if you if you have a number in your mind about the number of dates you have to go on with someone in order to have sex with them, you should only ever have sex with someone if you want to. Don't make it a stipulation on the number of times you've hung out with them. Don't make it a stipulation on what uh, you know if they paid for dinner or if they have whatever in their bank account or what kind of car they drive. If you have any any reason for having sex with someone other than you want to, you're fucked. That's, yeah, 
that's a good point. And going into that, I would venture to guess that that's not the case every time for her. Even though she said to you, I'm not, I'm not going to do this for, you know, four more dates or whatever. I'm, I'm willing to bet that she's done it after one or, I guarantee, or two. And yeah. so, yeah, going in with, in with those kind of limitations, I, I do disagree with. Um, I think at the end of the day, you are going to kind of just, you know, the heart trumps all kind of thing. You are going to do whatever feels right. Um, but because she felt some kind of reservation with that, the fact that she communicated to you that she didn't want to, I think, is to her credit. Oh, yeah, great. I mean, you know, go ahead and uh, be be alone the rest of your life. Like, <laughs> yeah. here, if you meet a guy, if you look, you might meet that guy who's who's thirsty enough, who might just wait until date five or six that you you throw him up uh, some of your pittance pussy. Uh, and then you guys get laid and then you, you get into a relationship with someone and, and it, it puts a lot of pressure on the guy then to lie or say or do whatever it takes to get to that point because he wants to get laid. Which oh, is so really it's pathetic. the women's fault that the guys are, are, are lying and, and, no. and using them. No, it's not their fault, but it puts pressure on them. Well, look, you're kind of a cynical person, you know, like Maddox, like what if you like meet a girl and like you got the feels, man, you know, you're like excited, man. Yeah, who dinged? Who who dinged? Was that you? But after the cynical thing, yeah, that's a good yeah. point. Yeah, <laughs> and like you're excited, right? Like you know, you get that feeling, like ooh, I want to see her again. Is it like does she have three dates to fucking give you uh, some pussy, or, or you're just gonna walk <laughs> yeah, what's, away? What's see, see, okay, first of all, I have I have a huge issue with the phrasing of what you just said. What give you pussy? Give you sex? Like and you're sex you're not... giving you're giving her dick? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. But but here's the thing. All right, mm-hmm. sex is not something you give to another person. Sex is something you have if you want it, and that's it. And you should want it with somebody you love or somebody that you're uh, attracted to if you want to do that. If you both are attracted to each other, just do it. But to withhold it, the way I liken withholding sex from somebody until you get some stipulation or some requirement is kind of like um, I was in a relationship one time with a girl who again put the barter system on with sex. And I, I said, look, how would it make you feel if after an argument, like this is a girl I'd been dating for a while, I said, after an argument or after a disagreement or if you did something that upset me, I just stopped giving you hugs and I stopped giving you, telling you that I loved you and I stopped giving you kisses, that sort of thing. What if I withheld that kind of affection from you? How would that make you feel? And she said, shitty. She said, I would dump you. I said, exactly. But sex is also just another form of affection. It's the most intimate form of affection, but just like kissing, just like hugs, just like saying I love you to somebody, and just like a handshake, it's a form of affection. If you withhold that from somebody because they upset you, you're being a shitty, manipulative person. And I'm not saying you should have sex with someone right after an argument or, or disagreement, but you should never hold it for barter, for hostage. Okay, so but if you meet a girl and she withholds it from you or says, I don't want to have sex with you yet, she's... She's barter. She's using a barter system on you. That's something that she's supposed to give you that she's not giving you. No, no, not necessarily. And again, it's not something to give. Sex is not something you give to somebody. Sex no, is something I agree. You have. Yeah. I agree. So, so it depends. It depends if she has a stipulation in her mind, like, oh, it's got to be date number three. There's no magic number yes. about the number of dates you go on, but before you hook up with someone. Well, you said you don't want to date someone unless you've had sex with them. I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't get into a relationship with someone unless I'd had sex with them. So she. Okay. I mean, so you wouldn't, like, make it Facebook official or whatever, but, like, you'd, you'd be, like, seeing them, you'd be dating them up until that point. Mm, I would Maybe dating other people, too, but, like, you're... Okay, true, yeah. Yeah. I, it, wouldn't be com- it wouldn't be a committed relationship. All right, listen, like, this has turned into a debate about, like, uh, courting in the early stages of a relationship, but the, the question is, is hookup culture... What is it? Hurting relationships or preventing yeah. relationships? Yeah, and I think it's not. All right, so we're not even talking about hookup culture anymore. Well, I want to talk about this. I have an article from theodysseyonline.com. 
uh, titled Why Hookup Culture is Ruining Dating. Now, Dreadmere, this is a point in your favor. This is this this girl. It's written from a point of view of a girl who talks about why she doesn't like hookup culture. So I want to bring this in so I can shit all over it. Uh, and this just sounds like a very old-fashioned argument to me. But listen to this. I want to see what you guys think. She says, I have learned a lot from my parents. Many of the dating practices of today's do not add up with the ones of 30 years ago. And a lot of this has to do with the lack of respect. My parents always love to make boys come to the door when picking me up and shake their hands. As much as this bothers me and makes me uncomfortable, I've realized how important... How about you move out of your fucking house? Your parents' house, <laughs> idiot. Yeah. She says, as much as this bothers me and makes me uncomfortable, I've realized how important it actually is to go through this silly practice. Okay, you're acknowledging that it's silly. This shows respect. It shows that they care enough to park their car, walk to your door, and face potentially intimidating parents all for you. Oh, wow. Wow, what a fucking romantic notion that the guy's parking his car. Have you ever fucking lived in New York, idiot? You can't fucking park anywhere. And first of all, most people don't even have cars in New York. What, what are they supposed to take a, a lift to your uh, your flat where you're still living with your parents in their one-bedroom apartment and then shake their hands? That's take exactly you out of, what she's saying. Well, she's she's not she's not thinking. Well, she's yeah, not she thinking is, this through. That's, that's a nonsensical point. I want to reject that point in my favor. Even though it's a argue thing that's for, for my side, I'm not, I don't want that because it's not helpful to anything. The, 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 she even says that's ridiculous and silly. She says she wants it, though. Well, that's fine. Then, but it's well good for her for saying it. And and whoever wants to listen to that can. I'm I'm not. What's your what's your uh, what's your beef with that? Because you, you're dating and and courtship and all that. It has nothing to do with with all these little things like going up to the door and all these like little random traditions that I think are important to some people. If it's important to some people, then they need to say that. But that it doesn't. It shouldn't encompass everybody else. My my point is that. Every single person is is an entire universe. Every single person is a universe of emotions, of love and loss and pain and joys. And you can be with somebody for a year and find out that they're going to withhold sex from you or, or, or find things out about them that you would have never known. That's why we have these traditions of meeting somebody, dating, meeting their friends, meeting the parents and, and getting married and having kids and all that. They're not there for no reason. It's because it takes that amount of time and those amount of experiences to actually get to know somebody to see if you want to spend a lot of time with them. Yeah, okay, well, that's that's fair. If you want to go down that route uh, to, you know, to, to spend a lot of time with them, I would say that, uh, you know, might as well get the banging out, out of the way <laughs> to, uh, it makes things less awkward once you bang. That I it think. does, that it does. Yeah. It's less awkward. It's or def- more awkward, really, when you... When you well, it depends on how it. it ends up, right? Well, yeah. it shouldn't be a co-worker. If you bang your co-worker, that's definitely going to be awkward. Yeah, or just like you have sex and then there's just nobody knows what to say or do next sometimes. Oh, it's... it's well, you gotta if watch you're a Maddox, you're never at a loss for words. I'm, I'm talking about the average person. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. That's because nobody knows what to do or say afterwards because they're not talking about it. They're, they're just doing it because it's pretty normal to do, but now how do we handle it? There's nothing to handle. You just go on with your day. You get yeah, brunch. and then you see her at work and it's pretty awkward. Well, and you just... shouldn't bang your co-workers. That's a, that's a, that's a rule. <laughs> Smart. But this girl goes on in this article, The Odyssey Online, she says, We've started to create a monster that is spiraling out of control. Almost every person you speak to these days has some sort of commitment issue or fear of catching feelings for others. So they would rather stick to emotionless hookups. The only way we can change this is by respecting ourselves. I I, I hate this so much. I hate that somehow having sex with someone outside of a relationship is, is disrespecting yourself or another person. She says, the only way we can change this is by respecting ourselves and being upfront about what we're looking for. Do not be afraid that they will run the other way once you utter the word relationship. Because if they do, you know that this is not the person you should be investing all your time and effort into anyway. What an idiot. <laughs> Dumb. That's the dumbest. 
look, man, this girl, she's putting so much pressure on sex. I don't think this girl could ever have a normal, healthy sexual relationship. I'm going to go there. I went ahead and diagnosed her. What do you mean? She can't have a sex, a normal sexual relationship, man. If you put so much pressure on a, on a relationship before you have sex with someone, that's, it's going to be fucked. Everything's going to be fucked about it because if, if it puts pressure on the guy and it puts pressure on yourself. If you wait till, I don't know, a month, two months, three months into well, a relationship before you have sex with someone. And I've known, I've had friends who've done this because they were virgins and they wanted to, you know, uh, well, there's together. a big difference probably between one month and three months, but like I would think a few weeks or whatever kind of makes it that much more exciting when the first time you finally get to. Uh... Yeah, if you actually like the person, you're going to be excited to engage in it like regardless yeah. because okay. you would have had that time to get to know them and actually realize there is a connection there. Well, look at the flip side of this. All right. What if you finally have sex with the person and they're awful? Uh, nobody. Eh, if you're into each other, it's probably mm. going to be good. You know what? I actually have a case study. Uh oh. Buddy of mine recently hooked up with a girl. Yeah. And he went down to Chowtown on her. Right. Uh oh. Did the did the job? Did the okay. duty? Finished finished yeah. up. And then you know she was she was gonna try, it was it was her turn to take care of him or do whatever you know. Mm-hmm. And she said, "I'm tired. I think I'm gonna sleep." Okay. So uh, he learned. Yeah. Then if he waited three weeks, then yeah, he wait. Those are three weeks he's never getting back. But right. like he he gained experience from it, and he he's now he knows not to uh, date somebody who. Um, doesn't return the favor. Yeah, that's not anything... Nobody did anything wrong there. I think it's just they're not right for each other. Okay, but it took a long time to figure it out. And also, there's pressure. Now he has pressure because he's been going out with this girl to continue going out with this girl and see if the sex improves. Like, it's just a big waste of time. I mean, what's their relationship like outside of that? Great. It's great? So (laughs) if if it is great, he can just be like, hey, you know, I kind of felt like, uh, you know, like my cock was teased. I got, you know, my, my, my balls were blue for the first time since I was fucking... 15 yeah and uh I, I just think we should uh return the favor listen here's my opinion can i give my fucking opinion for once yeah let's hear your opinion all for right once. the article is wrong and you're wrong okay because there's always context and here's the thing when you meet somebody who like really really drives you nuts if you meet like the right person okay here's the thing is she says guys today have commitment issues that's because a lot of guys aren't committing to her you know he's just not that into you as they say yeah, it's not that guys have commitment issues. It's that you're meeting guys who don't want to commit to you. Right. Okay. I'd agree with that. But now, Maddox, you're saying sex is a handshake and everyone should just bang everyone. But you know what? If you meet somebody who you're really into, you might be willing to uh, uh, show some level of commitment. Well, no shit. Of course I would. All right. I'm committed as fuck. Hell yeah. Look, so the reason that I like started giving relationship advice and, and, and helping people and like when they would give me uh, questions on the stream on my streams and that kind of stuff is not I didn't start doing it so I could save relationships right a lot of relationships can't be saved most relationships shouldn't be saved the reason I do it is to mitigate the damage that comes from those social interactions because a lo- if you most of your relationships haven't worked out right if you're single right now that means all of them haven't worked out so the the the, the consequences of that uh, are pretty emotionally damaging and I just try to curve you know the edge of the blade on that a little bit as much as I can how to handle it and 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 what what this means and I always get these questions why are guys so complicated why are why are girls so complicated it's not that people are complicated they're just saying one thing and they're doing another because it's right. not a big deal to do that to someone else because it's pretty normal in this culture well give me an example I, this is a bit of a tangent but I'm curious because uh, you said it give me an example of how you would mitigate uh the end of a relationship the, the damage that would come from the end of a relationship uh well okay so I would have to know 
why like what kind of issues you were having what kind of disagreements were they was it something emotional was it sexual was it you know was it how frequent were the disagreements and how you know like all that kind of stuff first but at the end of the day if the relationship didn't work out one of you is saying that i just can't do this anymore i can't be in a committed relationship with you anymore for whatever reason and that alone i don't know what it was but that alone is enough to say okay you need to move on right like you need to remind yourself why it is that you guys didn't work out and um it's so easy for people to make excuses and to want to go back and to fix all these mistakes. And, and, and the thing is, mistakes don't disappear. They build, they compound on each other. Then they're always there. Uh, yeah, that's really important to take inventory of at the end of a relationship to know what exactly went wrong, what went right, and what to take into the next relationship so that you don't repeat those mistakes. Right. Very important to do at the end of every relationship, I think. Um, but, you know, what's another really important type of commitment, uh, another type of relationship that you should have? in this world, I think is that of the podcast you're listening to by supporting them. Today's episode is brought to you by our own bonus episode, Maddox versus the Universe. Yeah. Yeah, guys. It's Hell finally, yeah. finally coming out. Yeah. Now, by the time you listen to this, there should be a link on madcastmedia.com. The countdown has begun. The episode is coming out next week. So if you go to madcastmedia.com, we've been, we've been teasing this for a, a while now. Yeah. So we recorded this a while back. Yeah. Uh, our old pal, pal of the show, Sean the Engineer, was on it. Sean was on it, yeah. Uh, it was an old episode. Yeah, it was uh, recorded a while back, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's coming now. It's, it's great. This is, uh, this is one of my favorite episodes I've ever listened to. In fact, um, the, some of the listeners know we've been doing these animated segments from the show. I've been taking some clips, some, uh, some funny clips and segments from the podcast. Yeah, those are great. Thank you, yeah, and animating them. So I started talking to my animator about possibly doing an animated segment from this bonus episode. And he and I both had the same problem. We kept listening to the episode and getting lost in the episode because it was so entertaining to listen to and we forgot to listen to it critically. And I've listened to this thing two or three times and every single time I get lost in the conversation. It's so much fun. Here's a clip I want to play from this episode. It's, it's basically the setup is everybody is always shitting on me all the time. And so we have Rucka, Jesse P.S. from Pot Awful, and Sean, all three of them, shitting on me the entire time. And here's a little clip. I think you guys will enjoy this. So yeah. back to the part about you being a pirate who, wrote, who recently wrote a shitty book and an even shittier comic. Yeah. Some, including Maddox himself, claim that he is indeed a straight pirate by throwing <laughs> in exaggerated <laughs> claims of his sexual ability. It's not exaggerated. This wait, is wait, no, Rucka, can I, yeah. is, is this still Encyclopedia Dramatica? Yeah. Can, can I just ask, if you hover over the word straight, does it take you to the <laughs> gay? Yeah. Nice. I knew it. I knew it. This is known as, quote, trying too hard, end quote, and oh. isn't fooling anyone. Yeah, it doesn't have to because it's real. His failure to come off as a badass is best revealed <laughs> from pictures of himself. Oh, Everybody has learned that he is nothing more than a neckbeard-wearing, basement-dwelling, shell-script-programming... Oh, how's that a fucking insult, dipshits? Raging nerd. Shell-scripts are cool. Okay, early life. <laughs> oh, boy. He has terrible taste in movies and video games and defends it by calling oh. people fags. <laughs> <laughs> also true. <laughs> it's not what I call them, but I do think I have great taste in video games and movies. You like Sonic the Hedgehog. Yes. How can you deny he's cool and fast? 
Uh, okay, well, who cares that he's fast? He's a video game character. I, I don't need to deny that. It's fiction. Uh, <laughs> all I can do is look at everyone else who's 38 and like Sonic the Hedgehog cool and compare you to them. Uh, do they have sexual prowess? And they're, they're they are not celebrated sexual athletes, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Maddox claims to be a pirate, but since he lives in the landlocked state of Utah, it's more likely he means an ass pirate. <laughs> Just amazing. I, I had so much fun. Fuck yeah. Dude. It was so much fun listening to this, uh, to recording this episode. Uh, I hope you guys will like it. I think I know you will. Uh, check it out. It's going to be available on iTunes, on Amazon, and our own website, madcastmedia.com. Now, through our website, you can buy credits, and then you can use the credits to buy whatever bonus episodes you want. You can spend them on the credit on the bonus episodes. I'll have bonus episodes coming from different shows on the network as well. It's an amazing system that was developed for our website. And uh, coming in the future, any new shows to our network are going to be able to sell their own bonus episodes, and we're going to be able to create uh, soundboards and all sorts of interesting things that you guys can check out. It's, it's a lot of fun, and we're going to be able to gift you guys credits as well. So if we have listeners who win contests and that sort of thing, you can get credits to get the bonus episodes. Now, uh, the, the episode is what? two ninety nine on $2.99 iTunes? $2.99 on iTunes. Okay, yeah. so like, uh, you know, sometimes we have to like uh, uh, request them to change the pricing because like they automatically put it up for like for like 10 bucks and yeah. we have to wait for them to change it. So just, just to be clear... It's two ninety nine. If if you if you see a different price, just hold off a day or whatever, and it'll be it'll be changed. We got to deal with uh, iTunes sometimes to get them to do shit. Yeah, we're going to be updating the price on iTunes if it shows up incorrectly, but it should be two ninety nine on iTunes and Amazon. Uh, check it out, guys. It really helps support the show. I'm curious to see what you guys think of this, and if you guys want to leave a voicemail specifically for the bonus episodes. When you call in to leave a voicemail, make sure you note that it's for the bonus episode, and we'll consider playing that on the next episode. But these are a lot of fun. Maddox versus the Universe. It's incredible. It has a has a kick-ass intro, a cover of an amazing, amazing song. You guys will love this. It's really cool. Check it out. Thanks for supporting the show, guys. Again, that's madcastmedia.com. We'll link to it on iTunes and Amazon. But back to the debate. Dreadmere, we've been talking a lot about whether or not hookup culture is ruining dating I think we've been uh, spending a little bit more time on your side of the debate, but now it's time for the other side of the debate. I have a list of things here, Dreadmere, about why hookup culture is ruining dating, and I'm going to shoot down every single one of these. This is from bold.com. I'll link to this on the website, but here's a list. It says, once you get into casual mode, it's hard to get out. It says, you've managed to get into a groove where you're comfortable with your choice to pursue casual arrangements rather than a real relationship. So what happens when you meet someone who could be more and all your relationship skills are buried so deep that you can barely remember where you put them? What do you think of that concern, Drew? I think it's bullshit. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think it, being in a relationship comes, should come naturally and those kind of affections and those kinds of things should just be organic. Um, Point Maddox, what a hero. <laughs> now, we talked a little bit earlier about a fuckboy. Uh, Mikey, are you a fuckboy? Do you know what a fuckboy is? <laughs> Not man, you're not a fuck. Mike is not a fuck boy. I certainly hope not. Now I don't know is a fuck boy be, is being a fuck boy a bad thing? Because what I I did research, I read this Vice article a while back said oh the culture of fuck boys or whatever, and basically it was just like a really like pretty looking boy who <laughs> has a lot of sex, right? Gay or gay or straight, either way. Mm-hmm. Drew is being a fuck boy a bad thing? Uh yeah, I think it is. Why? 
Because what what that kind of person is is the kind of person who, and I see it all the time, are the guys who are like, yeah, I don't even know how many girls I slept with, like, blah, 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 I can't even count. It's like that kind of narrow-minded, unenlightened thinking does not impress me, but for some reason people like to think it's some sort of achievement. I've, look, I've indulged in hookup culture, okay? I've embraced it. I don't have a new car because of it. I don't, I'm not making more money because of it. It only helped me find out what it is that I really want. Um, but these other people are doing it because they think it's some kind of accolade, and it just, it really isn't. Like yeah, that's what they're bragging about. Well, I mean, look, just looking at the title, all right, the the label of a fuckboy, you have also you have all sorts of different boys you have to consider. You have paper boys, <laughs> you know, you have super boys, and then you have fuckboys. What's a super boy? It's like Superman's son. Oh yeah, you have super boys. <laughs> <laughs> wow, there's there's one super boy. Yeah, but yeah, uh, being a fuckboy just just doesn't seem like it's that bad on paper. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of guys who do, who like to indulge in just hooking up with, with people. I, I think as long as you're honest and open with what you want, there's no problem with it. It's not a problem at all. This, uh, this article goes on, though, from Bold. One-time sex is rarely as good for girls as it is for guys. That's, that's sexist. I think, it's, I think it's better when they're with me for the girls than, <laughs> than guys. While guys have no problem focusing on their purely physical needs. What? Okay, Dreadmere, we'll get to your objection. They have, they have trouble focusing on their purely physical needs. Girls need an emotional connection to really enjoy sex to the fullest. That's a generalization. They need to feel comfortable and relaxed. Eh, sometimes. Which generally takes time. Bottom line is, one night stands are not conducive to epic orgasms for most women. What do you think of that? So, that's true. You uh, think so? Yes. Sexist. I mean, I want to keep this conversation as egalitarian as possible. Like, yeah, I don't want to sound sexist as fuck, Dreadmere. Yeah, but I mean, the truth be told, women and men's psychology about sex is different. And uh, I'll isolate it to sexting, for example. Yeah. Uh, if a girl sends a picture of, of her body to a guy, it's a pretty mechanical response. He's going to be turned on and he's going to be able to just go at it. It's going to get a boner. Yeah, it's easy. For women, it's not that way. In sexting, it doesn't work. You can't just send a girl a dick pic and expect her to get turned on. That's not how it works. For women, they, they are more about theater of the mind. Uh, they want to be like if you're sexy, you're just like, oh, it's me and you in the sheets, and our skin is touching. All that stuff is really what's working for her. The mentality of it, not the physical appearance or anything like that. Damn it, Drew! I'll be damned if that wasn't accurate. That's actually 100% true. Uh, yeah, women. I feel uh, most women. I, I shouldn't generalize because there are some women who definitely want to see the D. But most women, I would say, they they need to be stimulated intellectually on some emotional, intellectual level. That's why I think that erotica is more popular with women than it is men. Yeah. Men get stimulated visually. Mm -hmm. Women get stimulated in their mind a lot of times, uh, for the most part. Yeah, Fifty I mean, Shades of Grey was being read by women. <laughs> you know? It's, yeah. Have you read that book, by the way? No. Garbage. No, but... <laughs> I, Wait, I picked... that's the one book you've read, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> I picked it up for research and, because I wrote a parody of uh, Fifty Shades of, of Grey for April Fool's a couple years ago. I turned my website into a fan fiction emporium, an erotic fan fiction emporium, and I wrote a parody of Fifty Shades of Grey. And the first page of it is written so poorly, and people don't understand. They said, Maddox, this is, um, you know, you, you usually have a bigger vocabulary than this. And the reason I did it that way is because it's written just like the, the actual book. The actual book has the vocabulary, I'd say, of like a third grader. And I, I mimicked that style at the beginning of the book, and then I got into my own voice. So if, you should check it out on my website. If you just search for Maddox Erotic Fan Fiction Emporium, there is a, there, I wrote one for Fifty Shades of Grey, where I was, I was the dude, Grey, Dr. Grey, Mr. Grey, whatever. And then I wrote one for Spider-Man, Erotic Spider-Man Fan Fiction, starring me. And I banged, uh, what's her name, the secretary? And then I wrote a parody of, uh, of Anne Frank, 
Except I, it was about me, and I was Man Frank, and uh, I sexed the uh, this female battalion of Nazis to death. Uh, it's wow. really really good. Wow. Yeah, that sounds like a, a gripping tale. Yeah, I I think I think I'm up for a Pulitzer. So, anyway, moving on to this list, it says it makes guys lazy. Hookup culture. When a guy can actually get somewhere by simply texting sex question mark to a girl, there is clearly no need for things like manners, chivalry, or personality. Some guys are content to do the bare minimum, and the bare minimum these days is being able to grunt sex and get a boner for a dick pic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, man. I mean, what's wrong with that? Like, why? Look, manners, chivalry, and personality. Look, personality is important, mm-hmm. but again, only if it's somebody you want to actually have a relationship Trigger. with. I, who got triggered? Me. Why'd you get triggered? Because it's, I mean, I like the headline of, or the uh, name of that that reason even though if they went in they they went they went off about chivalry which is kind of dead either way mm-hmm. um but it, it's bigger than chivalry it's guys are lazy period they're not they're not uh passionate a lot of the time about their career about creativity about uh bettering themselves in all kinds of ways well okay look if you're going to engage in hookup culture you have to get to a certain level where you're not a schlubby idiot that's true you know how to engage with women. You know how to be interesting. You know how to be confident. That's you know true. how to be bold. And that's why people, that's why the fuck boys are bragging. It's because they're, it is an achievement, even if it's not the one you might want. But it's, yeah, it, it is uh, It is a form of accolades. Well, it sounds an awful lot like you just argued my side of the debate <laughs> for me, Rucka. Because yeah. Because that's the point. I'm saying, this. They're, they're saying here it makes guys lazy, and you just argued the opposite. Well, the, the article is saying you can just sex... Uh, sex text the word sex with a question mark and you're just gonna get a yes or no response like well, why is that bad I, if i if i'm hungry i text to a girl food like, question well, mark? like as you said two fucking seconds ago it's not just about sending out at one text that says sex it's about meeting somebody uh making them comfortable making them attracted to you how as best you can so it is about building a rapport look i have been i i agree with that and when you are able to t- text one word to a girl and get laid, that means you've probably already done the work to build that rapport and to improve yourself and make yourself the type of person that she would want to potentially have kids with. Because every time you have sex with someone, for straight people, it's a it's a potential that you could impregnate that person. You could potentially conceive. Yes. Right? Well, yeah. And so on a biological level, women, the type of qualities they're looking for in men, are the type of qualities that are good for carriers of their children or for for uh, for parents of their children potentially so in order to communicate that to them you have to be mike you're making a weird face why do you disagree are you disagree i've never felt more uncomfortable in this room <laughs> than right now you're like, okay. every sex partner you have the possibility to conceive and i just my face scrunched up yeah it's like, like your parents oh, are talking yeah. yeah yeah okay oh sorry sorry to get no, real too, with you bozos it's too real <laughs> yeah too real it, it, okay, it did well, get real so 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 back to what rucka was saying is that this is an achievement i'm not saying that it's it's not hard to the art of seduction should be respected for sure but what it really comes down to is your intentions right are you doing it because you are exploring your sexuality are you doing it because you're trying to find a partner or are you doing it just so you can tell your friends hey i fucked this hot girl that's what I think the difference is between a fuckboy and somebody who's a master of the art of seduction. I'm not declining uh, hookup culture. Like, I'll still indulge it if, if, it's, if it fits and is necessary, but it's not just so I can tell people, like, yeah, I banged that girl. Now, Dreadmere, I want to talk about your personal experiences because you've had a lot of experience in hookup culture, mm-hmm. uh, I would say. You know, we've, we've spoken off the air about uh, some of the experiences you've had with dating. So 
I think if this is resonating personally with you for some reason, why do you think that this has damaged your ability to date or made it dip more difficult? Okay. Well, so yeah, I did a case study recently. I, yeah. I tried to put my philosophies into practice. Uh-huh. Uh, I met a, a really nice girl and um, I asked her out and, you know, when I first saw her, I thought this girl's way out of my league. There's just no way. But somehow I, I got her attention and uh, we started talking. I asked her out. I, I went all out for this girl. I got my car detailed. I got this nice cologne. I took her to this nice restaurant where I got reservations. We went to all these bars and, and hookah, and um, we were talking. We had we clicked. We were doing hookah, great. Huh? Is she a Mediterranean chick? This, uh, uh, this girl. Phil- she's from Philippines. Philippines. Not yeah. cool. That's mm-hmm. just as bad. I mean, uh, <laughs> oh, interesting. <No. laughs> but um, yeah. So uh, I did all this with the idea that I'm not going to try anything physical, right? I'm not going to try to hold her hand. I'm not going to try to kiss her. I'm not going to try to have any attachment to her that's that's shallow or anything like that. I just want to have. I just want to connect with her emotionally and see where that takes us. Oh, interesting. And, um, you know, after we were talking and I, you know, she kind of understood some of my philosophy. She was like, you know, I think I trust you enough to, to, to take you back to my place. And it was like three in the morning. We're wasted. And I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, so we go, back to- <laughs> <laughs> uh, we go back to her place. Right. Uh, we're watching a movie. Yeah. And, uh, and we, what movie, what movie was it? Uh, the Giver. you could not have said a more perfect title for a movie all right so you guys are watching the giver yeah i've I've got something to give her (laughs) so you're Um, watching the giver on the couch right let's set the let's set the scene we're in her bed actually oh you're in her bed oh my gosh yep Dreadmere, you're fucking killing it yeah your game is out of control here okay so you're in her bed this was the date number one yes okay date number one you're back in her place back in her place in her bed Yep, drinking, watching a movie, mm-hmm. and yeah, um, and we slept together. We literally slept together. We didn't have sex. We, I kissed her goodnight. We cuddled, and, and that was it. I woke up the next morning, told her, I, told her I had to go to work, and um, I, you know, I kissed her goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> so, what the hell, dude? What happened, man? Why didn't you have to? Because I was consciously making the decision. I was like, I don't want her to. I don't want to try and do anything that's that's you know. Just physical. I, I want to connect with. I like this girl, right? I uh, want to get to know. Arguably, arguably, it, oh, yeah. <laughs> arguably, uh, if you wanted something long term with her, the best thing to have done was just to like drop her off at home and, and kiss her goodnight and then oh. make plans with her again. Arguably, yeah. Because I mean, I sleeping next to her is a level of intimacy in its own way. I would agree with that. I mean, I definitely, yeah. In, in retrospect, that, that's a good point. But um, garbage. Anyway. You guys, look. What? Here's the. Here's what. Here, I'm so disappointed huh. in in everyone in this room who's not me. <laughs> and maybe maybe Mikey. <laughs> I haven't heard his opinion on this yet. But here's the thing. Dreadmere, I know you've got game. I know you've had you've had your fair share of hookup culture and dating and so on. And uh this is such a common pitfall that guys fall into. And I myself included, I used to be this guy. I used to be this guy. Where like if there was a girl I liked, I would say, Oh, you know what? I'm not gonna have sex with her because I respect her too much. <laughs> like that to me is such a fucking beta move because Here's the fact about girls, guys. They want to have sex. Girls like sex. If they like you, they like you enough to have sex with you. They want to have sex with you. That could accelerate how quickly you get into a relationship. I've been on dates where, at the end of the date, I could sense that the girl wanted to kiss me, and then I didn't because I thought, oh, I respect her too much. Like, if you respect yeah, a girl, kiss her. That's different, though. 
Well, it's the same. It's the same. No, shit. it's not. No, uh, it's, nah. a, it's a lower. It's a smaller version. Much of it. smaller. Kissing is like a great way to like lock, sort of lock it in, so to speak, at in the er, like first date or whatever. Yeah, lock it in in inside her vag. Like that's how the, the kissing leads to Dude, groping and groping. You fucking if well, let's just say you're you've got like a girl who's like the one. All right, and you find out she kissed a guy on her on the first date. You're like, okay, cool. You find out she boned every guy, every first date she's ever been on. Well, she liked the guy in each case. You're just like, uh, it's a bit of a turnoff. Yeah, well, yeah. Think that's about judgmental. Think about what that says. If you, okay, let's say, yeah, this works out. You have sex with a girl on the first date, um, and, and you guys start a relationship. Seven months down the line, and, and you are, she's at a party. She's not with you for whatever reason. Why is it then so wild to, to come up with the idea that, you know, this girl does have the capacity to have sex with strangers. She did with me. Why wouldn't she do it in, in the same, env- in, in a relationship environment? What, what's the question? I guess, so what I'm saying is, if you if you have to build something with this girl and it takes longer to have sex with her, then you can kind of, you understand that this person has those those limitations about them or whatever, like, I, it, well, it took me this long to have sex with this girl, like, why would she sleep with somebody else just randomly? You know what I mean? But is that a good thing? Are you saying that's a good thing that she won't sleep with someone randomly? Yeah, of no, course. I, I disagree. I think, it's a, <laughs> I think it's a good thing to have sex when you want to, and you shouldn't have boundaries and stipulations that you put on yourself artificially if you're attracted to someone and you want to do it. Like, I've been with girls where I hooked up with them uh, the first night I, I, I met. Like, I've had a lot of one-night stands with girls. And some of the, I, I have seen this hesitation from girls where, the, you know, we'll be hanging out, watching a movie or something, and it'll get to, uh, you know, we'll start getting a little handsy. And then the girl says, oh, we should stop because, uh, I don't know. And I said, well, what's what's wrong? What's going on? Because I just don't want you to think less of me. And this is, I think that mentality that a guy would think less of a girl for her hooking up the first time they met comes from the dating culture. Because the dating culture says, stipulates like, oh, you should go on a certain number of dates. You should go through this ritual and you should make sure that you, you know, check off all these boxes. Then you can have sex with someone. Otherwise, the guy will think you're a slut. And I told, I always tell the girls and and I, I'm totally forthright and honest. I'll say, look. I'm attracted to you. I think it'd be awesome to have sex. And if you don't want to, that's totally fine. That's not what you say. That's absolutely <laughs> what I say. I know you, you fucking sincere fuck. I, I, do, I, I always tell the girl, I say, look, I want to have sex with you. I think you're attractive. And this, is, this would be awesome. And if, if it's the type of girl where I know for a fact she wants to have a relationship, I won't even go there. I won't even, I won't even suggest that we have sex because I know that her feelings are going to get hurt. Uh, and that's where it takes, that's where being a true man comes in, oh. is knowing when someone wants something and then not pressuring them to do it, even though you might want to, even though you might want to have sex mm. in that moment. Now who's a beta? It's not beta. Well, I think it's, I'm, a, just, it's I'm a, just busting your balls. Yeah. yeah well, I just want to clarify. Big balls you're busting. Yeah. That's a, that's, that's a good point. I agree with that. I, I ding by the way. But um, yeah, I just want to clarify. I don't think less of women who have sex on the first date. What yeah. I'm saying is they may be looking for something different than what I am. Well, I make sure to find out what they want. Right. And that's a great thing that you're doing. But th- I feel like that's an outlier of, to bring it back, of hookup culture, right? Like that's, that does, that's not happening a- enough. I don't think people are, are saying like, well, what is it that you want? What do I want? People are just fucking doing it. Like, yeah. Well, that's a problem with, uh, with people who can't communicate. But uh, for me, in every in every situation where I've had a girl who says, look, I just don't want you to think less of me, I'll explain to them that there's no fucking way I can think less of you. <laughs> no, but uh, all joking aside, I, say, <laughs> I, I always tell the girl, I say, look, I'm not going to think less of you. Uh, this is something that we both want. And if it's something that uh, you're interested in doing, uh, I'm, let's do it. And if you want to possibly 
go down the route of a relationship, I'm open to it. But I'll only say that to a girl when when I truly mean it. I don't want to lead people on. It just creates more hurt feelings. It creates resentment. It creates bitterness. Yes. And then it makes it kind of poisons the well so that girls no longer trust guys. Yeah. When they lie to them. Exactly. So I I it's super, super important, guys. This is rule number one in, in how to get laid is don't lie. Don't lie to girls. That's why Dreadmere, when you open up this uh, this debate with saying you gotta be honest with them, I dinged you because that's absolutely paramount to this whole entire thing working. If you wanna hook up with people, don't lie to them. If you sense that a girl just wants a relationship, don't lie to them. Don't lead them on, especially if you have no interest in the, in having a relationship with them. If you wanna hook up with someone, go hook up with someone. Don't do it with someone who wants something out of your encounter more than just sex. Right, yep, I I'm agree with that. What a brilliant guy, what a hero. <laughs> Mikey's giving me the nod of approval. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Mikey. What a hero. Uh, just a couple more points. It says, it says, no one has any standards anymore with hookup culture. They say, down to fuck, that's all that matters. Let's get it on. I don't think that's a problem. Next is, no one has the patience to get to know each other anymore. I mean, that's, that's total bullshit. Text, he says here, texting for a couple days seems like a lifetime when potential sexy time is on the line. He doesn't care that you had a pet turtle named Franklin when you were eight. Dude, no one cares. <laughs> he just wants to know your bra size. Yeah. Given the choice between knowing a girl's bra size and the name of her fucking pet turtle when she was eight, what would you choose? Oh, uh, yeah. I guess I'd want to know her bra size. Yeah, you want to know her bra size over that. There's One of those facts is way more interesting well, than I mean, the other. It depends on the girl. I mean, if, if she's telling me some you know childhood memory that I, you know, I like her, then I might be interested in you know, knowing more about her. It just kind of depends on the girl. Well, sure, but this is saying that because of hookup culture, no one has the patience to get to know each other anymore. <laughs> it's not about that. I have girlfriends who I don't fuck, and I have gr- guy friends who I don't fuck. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> I, have, I have all these friends who I don't have sex with, and I do take the time to get to know them because believe it or not guys i'm interested in people and i like having friends if to suggest that no one has the patience to get to know each other anymore is to suggest that people don't have the patience for friendship anymore yeah. that's absurd hmm. and here's great. the final great point. Point. Great point thank you dreadmere and here's the final point no one wants to settle down all right i i agree with this and this is a good thing it says amongst all the bullshit there's always a fantastic lay or two that makes you think hmm why would i want to give this up Somehow, the good times, the freedom, and the endless people to swipe through on Tinder has become more appealing than putting effort into a real relationship. I mean, yeah, that's... Why not? Of course. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. Why would you want to settle down if you're having a good time? I guess the theory goes that when you meet that right person or someone who's really good for you, it's, like, more fulfilling in the big picture. Actually, that's a good point, Rucka. I mean, I, here's a ding for you. Oh, wow. You, you earned it. Look at me. Yeah, that's a, that is a good point. They've done studies on happiness. And they oh, found studies. All right, here we go. What do you have? What's, what's your problem with studies? How about yes? That's something that seems to be true in 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 the world. In my experience, why does it always have to be some fucking uh, statistic? Because that's called confirmation bias. When you're looking for evidence to back up your worldview, rather than rather than looking at actual objective evidence, where they did a study. Like if you're looking for examples of happy people and unhappy people, you might be hyper aware of what you're looking for and that's confirmation bias that's why studies are important and they did a study and they found that people who are happier generally speaking are in committed relationships they have families and they've been in that committed relationship for a longer time a longer period of time so if you're happy in in you know having your hookups for a while that's okay and when you're ready to have that relationship there's a good chance that the more people you hook up with and the more people you're exposed to there'll be better odds that you'll find the one i think 
And and Dreadmir, there's a huge argument you're you're uh, sleep at the wheel on right here. Well, no, I mean there's I had some other points. There's actual evidence here that could shoot down my entire argument that I, that I just said right now. But you, I, I'm not even gonna bring it up until next week. But what do you? What's your final point? We're gonna uh, wrap this up because we're going a little bit long. But what's yeah. your final point here? Uh, so yeah, I'll just like try to encompass this and and everything. But there's you know obviously uh for for you know health reasons, just you know if you're sleeping with a lot of people. And, uh, you know, you, you could be with a guy or girl who just really doesn't care about giving you an STD. You wouldn't know because you don't know that person. They're not going to be open about it. And uh, same thing with pregnancy. Uh, I've, I've actually had experiences myself where, you know, I've, I've realized I, sh- I wasn't careful enough. And I'm scared checking my phone every day for the next month because I'm like, shit, like, I don't know. You got pregnant? Is. What happened? <laughs> no, I've been with girls where I wasn't. I wasn't careful enough, you know, and then yeah. I, I was worried for the next couple of weeks, you know. Oof, boy, you know what? I will cede you that point because I have definitely been there and <laughs> you sweat bullets. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, especially if you because I've, I've had those hookups where I didn't know the girl that well and she said she was on birth control, but I don't I don't know. And yeah. then for the next week or two, I'm just waking up every morning with a cold sweat thinking, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Not with her. like I don't want a kid. Not with her. Who's this person? I don't even know her. Right. It's a uh, it's it's super scary, and I've had friends who've who've had that who've uh, actually hooked up with with one night stands, and then they became pregnant and decided to keep it. So, oh boy, that complicates things. Mm. But uh, anyway, that wraps up this debate. Is there is there any final point you want to mention? Um, yeah, well, yeah, just I, I want to like again touch on what you were talking about about how like you want to have friends, and, and and it's important to you to sort of have people be important to you. If you step outside of like your bubble for a second, you realize that to somebody else, you're just somebody else. I want to matter to people, so you know people matter to me, and that's oh, that's very uh, that's very sweet. That's a very sweet <laughs> sweet mo- sweet note to end this uh, debate on. But uh, we will end this debate here, and I'll bring up that extra point next week because this is a really fascinating one. We could really delve into it. But moving on, guys, I want to talk about some quick news headlines from around the web. This is from New York Daily News. It says, Mississippi man was labeled just fat by doctors <laughs> when he actually had a 130-pound tuber caused by an ingrown hair. Jesus Christ. Yeah, did you guys hear about this? This is, uh, this is pretty gross. This guy, a Mississippi man, described how doctors would insist that his massive weight gain was nothing more than obesity until finally one medical professional realized the man had 130-pound benign growth inside of him. According to local station Kiro, it says, They said it's just fat. You're just fat, Logan recounted from his hospital bed. That's like having one of me growing out of you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, can you imagine carrying around an extra rucka on you? No. Dangling from you? <laughs> it says... Likely caused by an ingrown hair, the human-sized tumor developed... Yeah, they actually said that. It's a human-sized tumor. Developed over 15 years until it eventually hung from Logan's midsection, its weight confining him to a chair for much of his time. The afflicted man likened his immense lump to carrying three bags of cement around you all day long, just swinging. Gross. What a a fucking nightmare that story was. All from an ingrown hair. Yeah. It's crazy. It's a big-ass ingrown hair, man. Great. Great diagnosis. Uh, moving on, here's another headline from BBC. It says, scientists crack secret of misophonia. Why eating sounds can make people angry. Do you guys have misophonia? Do you know what this is? No, what's that? Yeah. Misophonia is a disorder. It's a mental disorder, they found, that makes people really upset, anxious, and gives them panic attacks when they hear certain sounds. I've known several people in my real life who have this. And you can tell because if you chew in any capacity, they'll shoot daggers towards you. It'll make them angry anxious and upset they'll they'll sit there gripping the white knuckle whatever they're holding yeah they get really upset the condition misophonia 
is far more than simply disliking noises such as nails being scraped down a blackboard. Says, I feel there's a threat and I get the urge to lash out. It's the fight or flight response, says Olana Tansley Hancock, 29 years old, from Kent. UK scientists have shown that some people's brains become hardwired to produce an excessive emotional response. Alana developed the condition when she was eight years old. Her trigger sounds include breathing, eating, and rustling noises. She told the BBC News, Anyone eating crisps is always going to set me off. The rustle of a packet is enough to start a reaction. So what scientists did is they did a study. Sorry, sorry, Rucka, sorry to trigger. Sorry to trigger you. But the scientists did a study, including Alana, at multiple centers in the UK, and they scanned the brains of 20 misophonic people and 22 without the condition. They were played a range of noises while they were in an MRI machine, including including neutral sounds such as rain and generally unpleasant sounds such as screaming and people's trigger sounds. The results, published in the journal Current Biology, revealed that the part of the brain that joins our senses with our emotions, the anterior insular cortex, was overly active in people with misophonia. So, uh, yeah, they looked into this and they said the reaction is anger mostly. It's not disgust. The dominating emotion is anger. They said there's no treatments, unfortunately, but Alana has developed coping mechanisms such as using earplugs. Can you imagine going through life like that? No, that sounds awful. Yeah, it's, it sounds awful. <laughs> Good job, Dreadmere. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty terrible. Uh, and then I have one last headline here. I don't know if you guys heard about this, but uh, this is from the Charlotte Observer. A cartwheeling teacher wasn't wearing underwear and was arrested for indecent exposure, police say. That- uh, was she wearing a skirt? Yeah, she was wearing a skirt. She was wearing a dress, actually. But oh, she's, right. Yeah, she starts cartwheeling. Here's a, here's a news clip. Listen to this. Good God. Poorly, I imagine some parents are pretty furious over this aerobic substitute. Shara, they are furious. And one of the reasons is because the incident happened days ago, and they're just now finding out about it. And most of them found out about it after seeing the video. Over the past few days, this Snapchat video of substitute teacher Lacey Sponsler doing a cartwheel in front of a Pusca High School choir class without And, any- and while she's doing this cartwheel, by the way, so some kid is just recording it on Snapchat, and her dress comes up pretty high, probably past her hips, and you can see it's blurred out, but you can see some skin. So here's, mm. here's what they say. Thing ...under her dress is circling the internet and landed her behind bars. I think if you know you don't have any underwear on, you probably shouldn't be flip-flopping around, you know? Danielle. Uh, I think if you should don't have underwear, the <laughs> Idiot. Cass uh. says it worries her knowing an educator would expose themselves to students at the same school her son goes to. You expect them to be role models and set an example. According to police, sponsor told students she didn't have any underwear on before doing a cartwheel. They say she also told students to destroy the video. If the teachers don't know how to act, how's our kids going to know how to act? How's yeah. Our kids gonna how's, our, <laughs> how's our kids going to know how to act if our teachers don't know how to act? Sh- shut the fuck up. These fucking losers. These mm-hmm. Puritans. Oh, my son goes to that school. How could she expose herself? It was an accident. Yeah. Dipshit. Uh, was the teacher hot? No. <laughs> She looks like a battle axe. Then I'm upset about this as well. <laughs> no, she looks like a battle axe. This poor substitute teacher is trying to pump up the stupid choir class. These these kids are bored out of their minds because they're playing, uh, what, the uh, the recorder. That bullshit instrument. <laughs> That's exciting. Yeah, the, your teacher doing a car wheel, right? Yeah. I would love to see that. But yeah. then it's embarrassing. Why? Because she's not hot. So, uh, like, nobody wants to see that. No, but, I mean, I, she didn't do it with the intention of showing off her body. She was, yeah. you know. Yeah, was, I'm just saying, it's very, this is very embarrassing for the teacher. She didn't want to show her vagina. Look, she asked the students to delete the video. Right. And then these shithead students started passing it around. 
Demerits for all of you. <laughs> Demerits. Don't don't share my vagina if I don't want to. That's non-consensual. Right. So so the, so how are the students not in trouble, but she is? They should arrest the students for sharing her vagina. That's, she said, yeah. delete that video, and the student said, no, I'm going to send it to everyone on Snapchat. So you just want to put all the, the kids in jail. Put the kids in jail. <laughs> Correct, that's right. We should put all those kids in jail to teach them a lesson. Like that guy said at the end of that, that, uh, that, that news clip, oh, how are our kids going to learn? That's how you, you learn your kids, you moron. You put them in jail. <laughs> you show them that there are repercussions, your shitty actions. Most exciting thing to come out of Charlotte. Yeah, this kind of thing, where people blow shit way out of proportion just because yeah. she was trying to have fun or whatever with her kids, and now they're like, oh my god, like she's trying to corrupt all the students, she's our teacher, and all the influence, all the shit. It's just irrelevant. It's just not, it's just, you wouldn't, is that really what you want to do today? That's what you want to argue about? Just fucking yeah. ugh, some teacher who just made a mistake, like really? Now you, you want to go on the news and talk about that shit? Are you that bored? Like, yeah. Accidental vaginas. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry your kids saw something that 50% of the class has. <laughs> yeah, they're, Get over they're, it. they're shaming the teacher. You know, I would I would be more inclined to arrest this 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 teacher if it was a guy. You don't want to see that shit. <laughs> if he was in a kilt or something, well, it'd be a harder guy. for him to cartwheel and, and yeah. show his dick. I think. Yeah. Oh God. That would that would require more intentional action there. I think. Yeah, I think so. There'd be more moving parts. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to die. That teacher, she was just a nice teacher. She was a, a real giver. She yeah. was a substitute teacher. Yeah, she was a real giver. <laughs> Dreadmere, way to bring it back. All right, guys, that wraps up this episode. Dreadmere, is there anything you want to plug? Uh, just, you know, my channel, uh, or everything that, if you want to find me on any social media, it's the same name, Dreadmere, D-R-E-A-D-M-E-R-E. -E -E. That's for my Instagram, Twitter, everything else, uh, go ahead and check out my e sketches. Except for Vine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we will link to this on the website. Thank you for joining us. Very enlightening discussion today. Don't forget to vote at madcastmedia.com. I want to say thank you to my bottom commanding moderator, Rucka Rucka Ali. Yep. And we're going to vote to see if you get a promotion. Let's vote. Thank you to Mikey Bolts, but most of all... You're welcome. Oh, you Maddox. You're such a little ass licker. You did not call your guest out on the fun as Iron Man bullshit. First of all, uh, uh, let's just be straight. I'm not really into comic books. Right. Number two, I heard of Iron Man long before the movie. Long before the Black Sabbath song on a system called Sega Genesis. Okay. You could be Hawkeye, Iron Man, uh, and a couple other characters I can't remember now. But that's where people learn about fucking superheroes. Yeah. Let's move on. Yeah. People learned about super weird Matthew McConaughey saying that people learn about superheroes from the Genesis game, The Avengers. You're thinking of The Avengers. And I think Silver Surfer was in there as well. But no, that's not where people learned about <laughs> Iron Man because Iron the Black Sabbath song came out long before the Genesis. Yeah, but M M McConaughey's point is that people knew about Iron Man before the 2007 movie. Uh, not not widely. I, I agree. Yeah, but that's that's his point. Yeah, it, it, not he. His point was not that the Sega Genesis game was out before the Black Sabbath song. Okay, so we agree it's a shitty point. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. All right, here's another one. Are there any uh, best debate listeners that are going to Steely Con, the con that is uh, in Pittsburgh? I bought tickets for it, only $30 for the whole weekend, surprisingly. Yeah, it's going to meet up. Hey, there you go. What up, cabrones? Uh, so my argument for as to why uh, exploitation is a load of bullshit 
is Louis C.K. Now, he's very funny. He has an Emmy-nominated show. Uh, he has a lot of stand-up tour things going on all the time and all that. Not a lot of people know he's Mexican. In fact, he's lived in Mexico longer than I have. Wow. Mex and Spanish was his first language. However, you ever hear about him talk about it? Yeah, he talks about it every now and then to stand up. But you look at him, you see that he's not exploiting the Mexican culture like I do sometimes. You know, I've been accused <laughs> of that shit sometimes. You know, whatever. Yeah, that's our bad hombre calling in. Uh, thank you, thank you, bad hombre, for not exploiting your Mexican culture. Well, yeah, well, I think because Louis C.K. knows it's beside his talent and everything else. Like he has more going on for him than just being, you know, like exploiting his culture for for reaching a certain demographic. I think he knows he's he's funny and intelligent, and he just goes off of that. Why why does this need to broadcast whether or not he's Mexican to to reach a certain audience he might not reach? Like I wouldn't have known. He doesn't look like it. He looks Irish to me. What does the C.K. stand for? Uh, uh Cecilia. So no, so C.K. is actually a phonetic it's actually how you pronounce his last name which is spelled weirdly it's like polish or whatever like it's spelled all funky yeah but it's pronounced ck oh. so huh. then he just he just writes the letter c and the letter k poland great country for comedians and sausages <laughs> hey there don't forget to subscribe to madcast shows on itunes stitcher or your favorite podcast app okay bye madcast media network